We're back. Bored ass bills are back. You thought we you thought we were done with board bills forever, and we went on to this tournament. No, we're back, but not like you wanted them to be. <laughs> well, we're bored bills, but we're also the Cinnamon Host Bunch. And that's right. I think what we really are for this episode is the board box officers. Yeah. <laughs> wow. New name. New crew We're name. We're bills, baby. We're officers. Yeah. You're yeah. under arrest. <laughs> Your ass is under arrest. This is the law, and, and you're locked down with us. This is Board Bills, the movie edition. This is a like a, uh, a trial run, maybe. Or not a trial run. We're just seeing what happens here. We're doing the old Board Bills format, but about movies. So a week-to-week breakdown of the movies and what was number one in the box office for a whole year, 1993. You've, uh, you've heard us obsess over uh, Three Men and a Baby. This year, this movie, Cop and a Half, comes out. We're the box officers, so that makes us three and a half cops. <laughs> three, men and a, three, men and a, three cops and a half. But please don't defund us, Dan. You are three the, men who are also cops. Cops and a half. But half. Three, three, something like that with Whatever. box officers. Yeah. All right. I was trying to think of it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a cinnamon host um, of this bunch, and my name is uh, Presenter Brandon. Uh, presenter number two here, number two at the box office for our show, uh, uh, Presenter Danny here. Excited to do a movie show. Very excited. Yes, and as presenter three, I am the third box officer, um, Officer Cologne, Dave. Um, you know, I used to work at a movie theater for many years, so um, this is what, you know, art house movie theater, so we were just, we always knew what was going on in the box office. <laughs> uh, I'm sure <laughs> it was my job to know what was going on, who, who hit number one. So this is bringing me back to my work, uh, which I appreciate because I've been out of work for a bit. But it's bringing me back home. I wish you had the numbers of what was number one at the Princeton, what was playing at the Princeton Garden Theater during the, these weeks. It would have been the main movies because they didn't, they didn't turn Art House until like 2015. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Okay. I think. So I think it would have been like the same exact movies. would Probably... Whatever was like number one, it was just probably the only movie playing at my theater. Gotcha. And it's back when it was called Fart House. It was yeah, it was not <laughs> yeah, it was nothing back then. Yeah, so we don't really know how this is gonna go. You know, we've uh, this is yeah, we do. You know, we know it's gonna be good. We know it's <laughs> here's what we know: it's gonna be good. Yeah. It's gonna be long. It's gonna be a few and good. A few it's gonna good. be a few good. <laughs> and um, it's gonna be long. And it's going to be probably, you know, catered to us and what we like, um, because we're the we are the podcast of not the people. We are the podcast of the the podcasters. If anything, yeah, <laughs> we're the pod. We're the podcasters podcast. You know, people say there's like the comedians comedian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're the podcasters podcast. All <laughs> those inside baseball podcasters love to listen to us. Yeah, one of the only reviews we have is saying exactly that right it's saying like i forget which medium it's on if it's on facebook but there's there is a review that we have 
that says like, yeah, I don't really understand or agree with any of their music takes, but these guys are great. And it's like, <laughs> like five stars. I forget. It's, that's the review we have. I don't know if that's it's good. iTunes or where it is, but yeah, I agree with that. That's fine. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to be breaking down what was on number one in the box office. We, we covered our bases so that at least one person has seen each of these movies at this point. Okay. Um, that's okay. I've been trying to correctly figure out the way to word that. That's incorrect. It's not that one person's seen all of them. It's that all of them have been because I've been having trouble explaining what we're doing. It's that right. all at, of them have been seen, seen by, by at least, least one of us. One person. Right. Right. <laughs> There's not one this movie yeah. unseen Correct. on this list. Okay. Right. At least yes. one of us has seen every one of these movies. No. That's how you say no. it. When at you least say it, one of no. us has seen. At least one of us has seen, seen every one of these movies. See, when you say it like not that, ev- though, not every no, not no. every one, every <laughs> one of these movies. Now that's each a, one of that's these a movies. Bad way, I think that's a bad way to say it. That's a bad okay. way to say it. That means that one of us has seen all of them. No. Yes. At least you, one the, of you us. You said it right before. You said it right before. <laughs> all right. Whatever. Uh, no, all these movies have been unseen. Have have been unseen by all of us. <laughs> yeah, we unseen. actually we, we took them out. <laughs> no, you, no, you have I'm to kidding. start with. Okay, every one of these movies have has been seen by at least one of us. No. Yes. yes. Each one of these movies. Each one of these movies has been seen by at least one of us. Okay. Each. Not maybe every is a trip up word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Each. Okay. I think each is better. Okay. Yeah. Nobody has seen every one of these movies, but all of these movies have been, been seen, seen by at least, by one, at of least, least one, of us. one of us. That's, That's how you it. do it. Okay. That's it. <laughs> That's I, how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's our show. That's the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, let's just jump into it. This is 1993. Right. Um, let's, let's start. So, kicking it off... Uh, Hitting number one the first week of January is Aladdin, Disney's Aladdin. And before Dave goes into some of the stats for Aladdin, this is actually its eighth weekend on the charts. It came out in November, but this is the first uh, week that it hit number one. It did not like debut. It grew over time. That's interesting for a Disney movie. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. Uh, animated I, musical fantasy film, which is the genre. Uh, hey, all right, here we go. The Aladdin. It is a 1992 American animated musical fantasy film. It's from Walt Disney Studios. It's produced by John Musker and Ron Clements, who also uh, directed that movie. And it's based on Aladdin and the Magic Lamp from 1001 Nights. Music by Alan Menken and starring Robin Williams, Gilbert Gottfried, and Scott Wagner. Right? Yeah. Scott Wenger as the uh, as Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon mentioned on one of the Dan and Bravos um, who plays Jasmine, right? She's a big uh, like Broadway oh, the star. the vocalist. Yeah. Well, the vocalist. Yeah, not the... the... Okay, the vocalist, right? Which and we covered the song also in Board Bills, uh, A Whole New World. Yes. Uh, Peebo, right? Oh, the budget also is twenty-eight mil, and the box office uh, was 
ending the, the box office was 504.1 million smash hit overall smash hit 28 million for an animated film that's crazy but not for a Disney film and this is no. part of the renaissance it's, yeah. it's it's what this is the three the third one fourth one yes third third, third. well what what was a little mermaid and Beauty and Beast, then Beauty and the Beast, Beast and then and then this, yeah. and then you have Lion King coming later. Um, so yeah, this Aladdin was huge for me and my household growing up. This was a probably we've all seen this, right? We got to set the stage. We've all oh, seen yeah. this. Dave, you've seen it. I have. Okay, seen it. Right, <laughs> all seen it. All right, so we could check that box. All right. Uh, <laughs> um. I watched this over and over again as a kid. This was like around the, uh, probably like a, not till a year or two later than this, probably maybe, maybe even less than that. Like, I don't, I don't know if I went to the movie theater when I was this little, probably not, but um, this was on constantly. This was like one of those, like right. just on in my house all the time. We put it on, put the VHS on. I love the music. It was very nostalgic for me, like watching it, like with my mom, especially like this was, this was a big one. This was definitely my favorite of like the '90s Disney movies for sure, hands down. I I I loved Aladdin. Uh, it's up there for me too. I have seen it. I did have the VHS, the soundtrack. I mean, song after song after song. Was there twelve songs on this? Endless amount <laughs> of songs, almost. Like I know that the character <laughs> designs are modeled after white people, which is you know pretty cool right these uh middle right, eastern yeah, characters they're, are, they're, yeah, yeah they're, right, they're modeled right. after tom cruise and jennifer Connolly, the two uh main characters and um i, dressed, I didn't know that what i didn't know that yeah yep T tom cruise tom cruise is aladdin uh okay. i dress as the monkey apu for halloween probably this year wow voiced by frank welker famous voice actor um, I, I was the genie for Halloween one year. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool costume. It was sweet. Yeah, that's a confident costume, man. I didn't love, have the ball. Love to do the that. genie. Because <laughs> you just have to like in, improvise, like Robin Williams type lines the whole time <laughs> as you're yeah. trick or treating. Yeah, I loved. I love the genie. It's very funny. Yeah, that was. Yeah, definitely like big. You know, exposure to Robin Williams. Uh, in his comic sensibility, not really knowing what most of the jokes were referencing yes. at the time, but just being aware that it was funny and like, the energy. cadence of it. Exactly. Yeah. It was all about the, funny. Yeah. His energy just worked for little kids, but also references for adults that are just insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like when you think <laughs> about it now, it's like, yeah, there's like a bunch of like, you know, he does Bing Crosby, I think, and a couple other. Kind know, of uh, anachronistic for the movie. Which doesn't take place like in the 20th century, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. But I guess like funny. he can see all. Like this is a genie, like omni present, and can know can see into the future and knows about like 20th century pop culture <laughs> and stuff like that. I right. guess. Maybe, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, music is music is good. I I think I haven't like really seen it in a really long time. Um. So I don't, you know, I, I wonder how enjoyable it is. I'm sure it's enjoyable, but not something that I feel like that's like near and dear to my heart, like maybe some of the other other Disney ones are. But I I, I, I loved it. Um, I had a recurring dream. Do you remember the like the um, 
the guards, like the the palace guards, those like big guys with the yeah. swords. Yeah. I had a dream one night that I got stabbed by one of those guards in the back with that long sword, and it like jolted Damn. me awake. You're like uh, and, Maria Callas. Is that her name? Now who's the? Oh, Sellis. Uh, um, uh, Monica Sellis. Monica Sellis. Sellis. Sorry, I, the, the tennis player who got stabbed uh, oh, this year. Yeah. yeah. That, What's her right. name? <laughs> yeah. Monica That's Sellis. her name. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You have Jasmine's dad, who's the Sultan, who's just like an old white guy. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like a yeah short, fat white guy with a beard. <laughs> Sultan. I I love that word. The Sultan. Sultan. Yeah. Yeah. There um, were some great toys with this. I had like a genie. I had a genie whose head you can pop off and flip it upside down to a different like facial expression. I remember that. Cool. I had like the Jafar with the staff. I had yes, I had the Jafar toy definitely. Um, there's also there's some Shakespeare references, right? Like uh, Iago, Iago is the parrot, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, with just Gilbert Gottfried. Right. It's, yeah. It's like Jafar, <laughs> named after I can't the character breathe. from Ocello. <laughs> the villain from Ocello. Shakespeare's Ocello. Iago. And Iago. Uh, J- Jafar is so Ocello. good. Almost like... Are you going like to Ocello this year? <laughs> I'm going to Ocello. Is Jafar supposed to be like Prince? <laughs> Jafar... What? Like, okay, hear me out for a second. Jafar is kind of <laughs> like sexual the same way Prince is in Aladdin. Mm. If you like... like, I don't know. He's like very like slender and like... Like, ooh, Yago. Like, I, I, I don't know. It reminds me of Prince a little bit for some okay, reason. Okay, okay. Uh, Jafar. Great villain. Um, yeah, the best villain. I mean, and he's like, I'm Prince Abubu. Abubu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I love all his shit. Very scary. Yeah, I love when he's, like, in disguise as, like, the old man, but it's just, he, like, transforms just into, like, an old man. Like, uh, yeah. it's really Oh, in the beginning, right? In the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Like, when they're in the cave of, like, to get well, into the cave of wonders. That is a complete... Um, I think homage, homage to the first Disney animated film, Snow White, where the Wicked Witch plays an old lady with the apple. Right. Yeah. So if you're familiar with the term homage, (laughs) that's what that is. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad Dave pointed out the, you know, being modeled after white characters. I'm sure there are a lot of think pieces out there on the internet reanalyzing this movie and saying that it's problematic, but none of us rewatched it, and we're just talking about our childhood memories of it, and it just is what it is, and just let it, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's not okay, but that's not, that's no, not, what, that's not what we're talking about. I mean, um, that's one, that I think we could point it out, like, yeah, uh, we should that's kind point of it out. crazy. Yeah. Um, right. But it, that's, that was definitely the norm. All right, so I guess we should move on, right? I don't. Do anyone yeah. have anything? Anything, anything else? else to say about Aladdin? A few good men pops up for one week, the second week of January. Um, this is in its fifth week of its release. Um, so uh, reclaiming it, only... it hit number one in '92. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so now it's back at number one, probably because of Oscar hype. You know, Academy Awards hype. You see that happen. Oh yeah. Uh, it looks like it happened to Scent of a Woman as well, which we don't have to talk about, but popped up like 15 charts. So here we go. Number one for one week, A Few Good Men. Dave, give the stats. It's an American legal drama filmed, film directed by Rob Reiner, classic guy, mainly known for being on that sitcom, All in the Family. Uh, he, screenplay by Aaron Sorkin, mm-hmm. based on his play, A Few Good Men. 
starring Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Pollock, other people. Uh, a lot of cameos, kind of. Um, yep. And uh, that's pretty much all that's important about that. But and also, the budget is 33 to 40 million, unclear. And the box office is 243.2 million dollars. Um, also at this time, releasing in January 8th, Leprechaun comes out. Excellent. So that's like what these two movies are up against right now. The release of Leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll list these as we go, like the other movies that are coming out at, at this yeah. time that uh, are not getting um, hitting number one status. <laughs> For weird reasons. I mean, that's weird that Leprechaun wasn't number one. Yeah, you got yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker yeah. in there. <laughs> uh, Jennifer uh, Aniston isn't it Jennifer Aniston isn't what a it? weird time for that movie to come out the first week of January they kind of dump horror movies in January February a lot of the time yeah it should be coming out towards like um, St. Patrick's Day though <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> definitely yeah like easily yeah um, easily. so has that, what's everyone's status we've all seen this Dave you, you just watched it right yeah uh, oh, I've seen it yeah seen it um, before we totally get into the breakdown of the movie, I do want to point out just because this is this is like the final movie in Rob Reiner's crazy run of wait he's not mainly known for being on All in the Family. <laughs> he's a, a big director. I at this point, I can I could tell you that I only I did not know that until right now. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh. Aside from 1985's The Sure Thing, which I don't know what that is, Rob Reiner directed Spinal, Spinal Tap, Tap, Stand By Me, The Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, and then A Few Good Men. Like, insane. Damn. Like, wild yeah, run. Yeah, big run. Big run, buddy. Wow. Um, so just to set the scene uh, for that. And yeah, written by Aaron Sorkin. Um, Already said that. So let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, Brandon's big on the. I, th- I feel like the courtroom dramas. Sorkin. He's he's seen he, a lot. Oh, and Sorkin in general. And Sorkin. Yeah. This is like this is like big for him. Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. uh, courtroom drama. Sorkin. Yeah, me and Dave are saying what's big for Brandon. Yeah, except that. <laughs> guess that, what? Is that not true though? Yeah, it's not true. This does not fit in the category for me. This is this is outside. So th- th- we're gonna talk about oh, wow. this more with the firm. I like this movie, and I always have liked this movie. But yeah. like. The thing is, is that courtroom it should be dr- one of your favorite movies. It should be, but courtroom drama is not my is not my like comfort. It's it's legal thriller. Legal thriller, excellent. Oh, uh, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> That's great. I, I like paperwork and I like process, and I could take a courtroom <laughs> scene or two, but I care more right. about the the intrigue, the politics behind it, more that so than that. This is that movie too. It is. It's there, but it. it but for some reason, when I think of my favorite like legal dramas, this one never really like pops into my head, and I don't know why. And it should because of Tom Cruise and the courtroom aspect of it. But it just it doesn't have that like kind of um, bad like uh, vibe, like 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 not a great movie, you know? Because it's just good. Like it's like a fine movie. It's it's good. Um. <laughs> I- <laughs> I think that's underselling it. This movie's fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty I, good. I love this movie. It's pretty damn good. There's amazing dialogue. There's so many great like scenes in the courtroom where they're going back and forth. 
Tom Cruise versus Jack Nicholson at the end. Amazing. That whole yeah. scene is fantastic. You got Kiefer Sutherland in there for a scene. Um, a few scenes. No, he's a f- few good scenes. For, a few with, good Kiefer, scenes. with Kiefer? Yeah, Kiefer's yeah. in there for a good, few good scenes. He's okay. like, yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr., only one scene. Yep. And Christopher Guest, only one scene. Oh, wow. Both like in the court. Right. And James so, from Twin Peaks. It's yeah. a... Um, it's a crime where they, in the military, they followed orders to do something bad, right? It was um, right. a code red. They were given a code red. Code red. And the code red was to, like, kill somebody on, like... Not kill, just, like, to beat them silence up. Silence him, yeah. Right, that's right. And so it's, like, the legality around, like, no, it's an order, you gotta do it, or no, like, this is fucked up, don't do this. Like, um, Tom Cruise, Demi Moore, Kevin Pollack. Um, great, uh, great stuff. The Jack Nicholson scene in particular is one, one of my all-time favorites. I, I love the, the end of the, the movie. The climax. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. I also though love the scene in like when they f- go to the base and they're all having lunch and like they're all like putting on a front to like be kind to each other and right. then Nicholson like you know then it slowly like devolves and you know. That's it. that's when that's when uh, Jack Nicholson reveals that he's not one of the good men. <laughs> In the right. title. Right. right. And like Tom Cruise is like very, fl- he has like a very flippant attitude about the situation. Like he's not like, he's he rude as hell. In this yeah. Movie. He's rude as hell. And like, he, he's not like a, he's just like doing these like easy cases and it, it takes to me more to like prod Push him. And, 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 and then when he sees like what's going on, you know, really behind the scenes is when he finally like comes to action. Right. Um, no, I, I mean, yeah, it's a great movie. It's just, it's definitely one that I've seen so many times. So I think it's like, it's just kind of like there, but it yeah. The dialogue is amazing. I mean, Sorkin, yes, that guy, that guy can write a word. Kevin Bacon in this too, right? <laughs> yeah, he's Kevin the opposing Bacon, yeah. lawyer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just remember yeah, this, a couple lines in particular. So that, this was your yeah. first time, right, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked it. Um, I thought Tom Cruise was too rude to Demi Moore. That was my main thing about. That was my main <laughs> thing watching it. I was like. Damn, everybody's so rude to Demi Moore. Yeah. And especially Tom Cruise. He's not a really a good guy at all, but he does have a turning point towards the end. Yeah. He's like, I think this is most cocky performance I've seen by yes. him. The end is like he's a real cocky, cocky asshole in this movie yeah. with mm-hmm. a really bad attitude. Usually he's a little bit more um, charming or something. He usually cares more about the thing that he should be doing. It's right. It's it's this he's is not prodded him. into caring, and then yes. he's like, "Oh, I guess I do care." That's but not like that's not the typical Cruise character, right? Arc. He's usually, usually the he cares about boy. something, even if he is kind of a jerk, right? This one, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. He's rude to everybody, yeah, especially to me more, who's like saying like who's trying to do the right thing, um, yeah, yeah. But it was it was it is very good, and Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson is perfectly cast, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, yeah. So that was number one for one week, and then a lot of yelling too. There's a lot of yelling in that movie. A lot of yelling. Oh yeah, we we love yelling. Um, you can't handle the truth. Yeah. Uh, and so that's one week at number one, and then Aladdin comes back for one, two, three more weeks. So that is our our favorite uh, occurrence on the charts. What we call the Grover Cleveland effect. Effect where a movie <laughs> takes rain for a week goes away then comes back um look it up people presidential history 
And uh, really quickly with A Few Good Men and Jack Nicholson in particular, like, yeah, the big line everybody knows is uh, you can't handle the truth. But right. in that scene, though, the reveal line, like the more important thing he says is, you're goddamn right, I did. When they ask yeah. him if he, or like, yeah. like that's yeah. a bigger yeah. deal. And it's not like, you know, talked about because it's not, for whatever reason, you can't handle the truth is like a bigger line in the context of the movie. Right. And like f- it, being famous. But that line that he says is the reveal. Like, oh. And I guess they don't promote that because that's a spoiler. <laughs> it's a spoiler. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I will say, I, yeah. I, coming back to the legal, legal drama thing real quick, is that um, I don't really care about courtroom dramas that much. But this is probably my favorite courtroom, like, scenes I've seen in a movie in a long time. Yeah. It's like, really- it's really good uh, questioning and stuff. And it does. it is very high ten- tension. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did it well. Not not a not a genre I love, but I did love how they did it in this movie. Yeah, because I think that's for me too. Like the courtroom stuff is my least favorite part of my favorite legal thrillers. Right, <laughs> but they do it good in this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, the courtroom. Brandon loves paperwork. He loves paperwork. <laughs> I love stapling. paperwork. I like. I love process. Any movie that has that, like I just love it. The Post. Hell yeah. Um, there's so many boxes of paper in that movie. Um, <laughs> let's. <laughs> he loves the office. It's so good. What could have gotten to number one is a movie called Alive, directed by Frank Marshall with Ethan Hawke, John Malkovich. That looks pretty cool. Body of Evidence, which we've talked about on the Hump Report on this show, comes out in Big January. Movie. Yeah. Uh, Nowhere to Run, Jean Claude Van Damme. Aspen Extreme, like a spinning ass. <laughs> <laughs> No, Dave, the city, Aspen. Hexed. Okay, that's enough. Children of the Corn 2. I don't think... (laughs) I know, I'm listening... We're supposed to name every single one. Yeah, we can't do this for every single (laughs) one. highlights. (laughs) Nope. Good. Matinee, Sniper, and and Blindside. Not the Blindside. This is a movie just called Blindside. Just moving on. Okay, that's January. (laughs) To the first week uh, of February... Debuting at number one in its debut week is Loaded Weapon One, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. And they call well, it yeah, one. And it, with a title like that, of course it's going to hit number one. Right. Honey. Inherently. Uh, Dave, give us the stats. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One is a 1993 American parody film. It is written and it was directed and co-written by Gene. Quintano. It stars Emilio Estevez, Samuel L. Jackson, John Lovitz. <laughs> this sounded like one name. Tim Curry, <laughs> Kathy Ireland, and William Shatner. And it um, the budget was eight point two million, and the box office was twenty eight million. Okay, that's that's what I got right for the stats. I have not seen this one. Have not seen it as well. This is a Brandon only. Never even heard of it until few days ago uh yeah i saw it um in my kind of 90s decade project i have a couple of like categories of things i want to keep track of parody movies are one so i was going to watch this regardless um i think with any of these movies there's going to be you know four or five great bits uh this is not one of the better ones. It's not terrible, but it's it's pretty fun. Like Samuel Jackson's great. Um, some of the bits, some of the things I've seen, like the the spoof of Silence of the Lambs in it is like very. I've seen it 
and it actually really feels like the closest to the scary movie spoofs where it's like very literal like i mean all the spoofs are usually very literal I, but like it feels more modern the sensibility of it more so than some of the naked gun Okay. This, this movie is spoofing like mainly lethal weapon and movies like that. It's like basic. They do the basic instinct leg cross scene. There's Die Hard, Silence of the Lambs, Wayne's World. But would like, you say like, the, the movie like Loaded Weapon is like yeah is definitely a play on lethal weapon. Yes. Like and it's like the white cop and a black cop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, they also like reference. That like in the climax of the movie, it's like very similar to Hot Shots, which yeah. is the spoof movie starring Charlie Sheen and like oh. John Lo John Emilio Estevez's brother, right? And John Lovett says to Emilio's character, "This is kind of like that movie Hot Shots, where you're and it like cuts him off, like I was about to say, <laughs> like your brother, like <laughs> That's it's good. like a it's a pretty funny joke, because um, it's like the same like climax. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's." It's pretty funny. Um, I, I think I think if you like that type of movie, like there's value in it. It's not one of the greatest ones, but it's fun. Would you give it a one out of five stars? I gave it a two and a half. A right down the middle, watchable, serviceable, but not... Loaded Weapon, two and a half. Loaded Weapon, two and a half. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what that's you, it. What do you think about this taking down Aladdin? Aladdin. <laughs> So this overtakes Aladdin. Why do you think that happened? I think people were just bored of Aladdin. It's time to move on. It's been out for months now. Yeah. And uh, it it needed uh yeah, some people needed some comedy. In this uh first week, uh the Cemetery Club comes out. Homeward Bound also comes out, which does not have oh, number one, which is the interesting. highest performing G rated movie of the year. Interesting. And it didn't hit number one, still Loaded Weapon, still beat it, and a movie called <laughs> Summer's Bee, and a movie called The Vanishing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was that one week Loaded Weapon one, and now we... I'll give this movie one shot. One You'll bullet get... shot. <laughs> okay. I like that. I think... I'll watch it. I'll give it a try. I'll watch it. I'll probably yeah. watch it. Okay. Um, I forget. I, I, for, I, for, I forgot I wanted to like give every single movie like a, like yeah. a rating. Yeah, you should. I think in general with parody movies, <laughs> I think I am always curious to see but i never wind up it's not my favorite genre but i'm a curious uh case of parody button um okay next for two weeks at number one we have the classic groundhog day great great two yes. weeks at number one debuts at number one dave take it away Groundhog Day, American fantasy comedy film, directed by Harold Ramis, screenplay by Danny Rubin and Harold Ramis, starring Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, Chris Elliott, and it made, uh, sorry, the budget was $14.6 million, $230 million, somewhere in that range of, that's a lot of, that's a big range, but they don't know. <laughs> Box office is 70.9 mil. Please don't forget uh, about Stephen Tobolowski. Oh, and Stephen Tobolowski is also in this movie as Phil. the annoying uh, <laughs> some insurance come yeah, in, uh, insurance man. <laughs> yeah, Ned Ryerson. Ned Ryerson, that's right. Yeah. Phil? Phil. <laughs> um all right, status, we've all seen it, right? All seen it. All seen it. Of course. Over Classic. and over again. 
Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wake up every day to that Sherney and Sherney and Sher song. Sherney and Sher. So had, none of us rewatched it recently, though, right? No, I've seen it so many times. Yeah, I'd, right. Yeah, same. Yeah. I didn't rewatch it, but yeah, it's it's so good. Sometimes watch it on Groundhog Day. Definitely one of my like top three Bill Murrays. Like I think it's it possibly one of, if not this and Caddyshack, my favorite com like comedy Bill Murray. Uh, yes, yeah, this is a great movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a great performance by him. Uh, but this has a little bit more meat than a lot of his other comedies of his era, so it's also why it has a little bit more of a special specialness to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my the one thing yeah. that always gets in my head, like, I, I, you know, obviously it's a fantasy movie, so that it's you know you have to suspend your disbelief. But the one thing that I always that I, like I always think about is, like, you know, he, the piano teacher, and he. You know, he gets so good, he becomes right. like a prodigy. And then at the end, when she's like, I taught him everything he knows. And it's like, no, you didn't. You just met him today in your reality. Like, you right. didn't you, she didn't teach him shit. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a joke. I, 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 know, I know, but... You're upset about the character. Like, that's like, that's like, that's what's funny about it is that she's taking like... Uh, <laughs> Credit I know, for but something just, she definitely it, doesn't deserve credit for. It's just the thing that like I always think about with that movie for some reason. Like I just <laughs> never not think about it. He finally gets it perfect at the end. Um, yeah, I had this in my Bill Murray triple pack DVD collection, so that's why I watched it more than most Bill Murray movies. It was it was this Stripes and Ghostbusters, and this is definitely the best. And this is what kind of set off him and Harold Remus to having like a, they like didn't talk for years. They hated each other. Yeah. Damn. Because someone wanted to make it more like a comedy. I think it was Remus and Bill Murray wanted to make it more dramatic. Yeah. Mm. And what they got was something in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Nice mix. I love Beautiful the, uh, mix. I love the bank Dan robbery. The bank robbery is one of my, one of my favorite scenes. That whole thing. The bank robbery. Yeah. Dan, I know you love the weather, the fact that he's a weatherman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. That's inspiration. Yeah, for me and Dan and Bravo. Um, I don't think I actually saw this movie till like kind of later on. Like maybe, oh. maybe not even to like maybe college even. Um, but it's fantastic, and I uh, I like when movies try and do this too. I, I do enjoy it. It's like, happening a lot lately. Um, the the the, oh, the fact that it, he has to keep waking up every day, day yeah. the yeah. same day. The Andy Samberg one was really fun. It Palm just came Springs, out. Palm Springs. Happy I love Death the day. Tom. I love the Tom Cruise one. Edge of Darkness is is uh, Edge of Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Darkness. Edge of, wait, Edge of Darkness is that Mel Gibson? I don't know. I think it's Mel Gibson. Edge of Tomorrow. Tom Cruise. Love that movie. That movie's really good. Yeah, and then uh, Death Day to you. Happy Death Day. Uh, yeah, Happy Death Day, which I watched recently too. Yeah, I like what um, movies try and do it. It's just like a fun gag, but yeah. Bill Murray, Groundhog Day is you know uh, the originators, the masters of this idea. Um, All right, let's move on to the next film. Um, th uh, also during this time, <laughs> Love Field, The Temp, Untamed Heart, and The Crying Game. Crying while, Game is while Groundhog Day is hitting number one is good. Um, all right, so now, so that was two weeks on the chart at number one. Now coming in at number one 
is Falling Down. The movie debuted at number one and then held it for one more week. Two weeks at number one. It did not fall down either of those weeks on the charts. Dave? Let's Falling Down is a crime thriller film. It's directed by Joel Schumacher, Schumacher, who did the Batmans, right? He did mm-hmm. and a bunch of other movies, but eventually the Batman movies of the 90s. Uh, starring Michael Douglas, Robert Duvall, Barbara Hershey, uh, and it made $40.9 million from a budget of $25 million. Okay. And and the language is English. <laughs> um, gotcha. I have not seen this one. Have I've heard it. I've seen the cover. Right. I've studied the cover for many years. I've not seen it. Didn't realize it was a Joel Schumacher joint. Mm-hmm. Um. All I know about it is that Michael Douglas doesn't usually look like that, right? <laughs> he he like goes insane. Is that what it is? Yeah, Brandon, you you just saw it, right? I yeah. just the first saw time? it. Yep. Uh, again, another movie that I was going to watch anyway, and I've always wanted to because I, it's a one where you hear people either I feel like really love it or hate it. Um, I liked it more than I disliked it. He is basically he's a man on his way to see his his child at his ex-wife's house and then he gets stuck in traffic and it sets him off and he goes on a kind of a crime rampage spree and Robert Duvall is chasing him. Um, and would you guys not agree that he doesn't look like this usually? He does not look like this usually. No. And he also, his look is like so interesting. It's like a flat top, like military flat top haircut yeah. Yeah. with the glasses. 50s glasses or like early 60s look. His look is just out of time. Like, whoa, this yeah. is 1993? The guy's stuck in the past, it seems. It's just like, I don't know. I think I think the thing, maybe in context yeah. of 1993, this was, it maybe seemed like more profound than this. It He gets triggered and then goes on like a spree, uh, but it's about like... What is he, a snowflake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, because he, like, rants about uh, capitalism and the economy and, like, all, like the system. And it's just, like, I, I, the, the movie, it's, like, it thinks it's a lot smarter than it is. Like, it's just, right. it really doesn't actually have anything kind of to say. It's not subtle in any way. It's just kind of, like, becomes, like, a chase movie. It becomes a chase, it just kind of becomes a general chase movie without a real idea why the way that he taunts his ex-wife, it's like we don't really get any of the history. And I get that's like part of the point that it's just like this is just the week we're catching him on the day where he flips the switch. And, you know, I don't know. It's fun. It's fun. It's good. But uh, I would I gave it like a, th- a three and a half uh, star with that star slightly falling down on the way to three. So the whole movie's one day, right? Dan, it's not even a day. Oh, it's shit. like, oh. A couple hours? of hours. Wow. Oh, man. I typically like movies that take place within yeah. one day, a 24 short hours. Yeah, I I, would, uh, yeah, those are usually good. This is a movie where I would say, watch it. Definitely watch it. It's worth a watch. What kind of crimes? Like, like bank robberies? Yeah, he, like he, 
the first one is he he goes based based on his look it looks like some a, a bunch of white collar uh, crimes <laughs> white collar crimes he does go to a rock he's got a white place. collar on his shirt so. yeah uh he goes into like a mcdonald's adjacent place and he wants to order breakfast and they can't serve breakfast because it's past uh, 11 and then yeah. he he pulls out a machine gun i think and, i've seen that scene actually yeah yeah okay he, he's just like the customer's always right and like they're like uh yeah, it do, it definitely subverts. Like it's 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 useful. It's uh effective because it like under like it, it it's not the Douglas that you typically get the like sleazy sex guy. He's like they're trying to play him off as a as like kind of a nerdy uptight white collar guy, like Dave said. But it's still Michael Douglas. Do you He's think unhinged. they should have gotten someone else for that role? No, oh. I think no, I think he's. I don't think the movie it, it makes. Or, I don't think he makes or breaks the success of the movie. I just think it doesn't. It's not as as clever or smart as it thinks it is. But either am I. So that's Schumacher's style too, though. Wouldn't you say? Pretty overt. Yes. Very not. Yes. Very not subtle. Very not subtle. Yep. He's a shoemaker. <laughs> shoemaker. So let's, Dave, what are you going to give it as your rating? Um. Hmm. I'd fall down on my couch to watch it. I won't watch it s- sitting up. It will be a down, uh, a down position. Downward doggy. Yep. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it doggy style as I watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to watch it basically. <laughs> yeah, That's I kind of. Rating. I kind of is want to watch. <laughs> I kind of want to watch. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it too, um, and then also while it's number one at the box office, um, Army of two only two or three. What do you mean only two or three? Films, please. <laughs> no, uh, Army of Darkness comes out. Oh, um, yeah. Hell yeah, Amos and Andrew, best of the best too. Brandon, we, 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 <laughs> we talked about best of the best. Uh, Mad Dog <laughs> and Glory, Rich. I've seen that one. Uh, Rich in Love. And swing kids. All right. So next, for one week on the chart, we have the movie CB4. Cell Block 4. Yep. It's a comedy film directed by Tamara Davis, and it stars Chris Rock, uh, Charlie Murphy, Phil Hartman. Hartman. <laughs> Phil Hartman. Chris Elliott's of Groundhog Day. He's back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big year. It's big year. It has a big soundtrack. Um, and its budget was only $6 million, Pretty light. But the box office, they were able to scrape in $17.9 million. And yeah, a lot of cameos by famous rappers like Flava Flav, Ice Cube, Ice T, Shaquille O'Neal. Also a famous rapper. <laughs> uh, Halle Berry's in it. Famous Tommy rapper. Davidson of uh, in, uh, Living Color is in there. And mm-hmm. the Butthole Surfers, too. The yeah. band. This is one that I think it's Dave and Brandon have seen. I have not seen the whole thing. I've seen like bits and pieces of it. Yes, I have seen it. But it's been a while. Because it was always on Comedy Central. Yeah, it was on Comedy Central so, a lot. Yeah. I don't remember too much about it, but I did have a lot of laughs. Um, I think it's kind of vignette-y, right? Am I wrong about that, uh, Brandon? I mean, yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of that. that it's like, not necess- It's not really a vignette thing. It's like 
there's a lot of standalone scenes that kind of just could like work almost as a sketch on yeah. their own. Yeah, there's like there's an overarching story, but they do have like scenes that break away, and there's they just like focus on little bits and stuff. It's it's kind of like that movie Hollywood Shuffle. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. No. It's a Robert Townsend movie from the '80s where he's like a an aspiring black actor, and it's a lot of it's just like trying to this show how like you know black actors get stereotyped like he's like he wants to play you know bigger parts but he ends up playing like this gangsters and stuff like that but it's a parody film and there's a lot of like sketchy like sketches in it kind of right there's some similarities i see between the two movies yeah yeah i I think this is i think this is pretty funny um i i liked i liked a lot it's phil hartman is like the businessman right yeah yeah he's uh it's like he's he's trying to stop the um oh, that's right he's a politician yeah he's a politician and it's like it's about like the like you know all the politics around parental advisory and all that type right. of stuff and rap um, lyrics like parents saying we don't want our, our kids to listen to this so he's really like cashing in on that uh right. movement he, chris rock is not like actually a gangster right he's like faking it to like, yeah is that the, yep. that's the whole thing right yeah He's like, yeah, he like actually, he's like there when Charlie Murphy gets arrested. And so Charlie Murphy thinks that he set him up. And so, but then he, like Chris Rock takes on his identity. Like he calls himself the name, whatever the name was. Gusto. Gusto. I think it's Gusto. Gusto. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right. All right. Straight out of Low um, Cash was the song. Yeah. Yeah. Straight out of Low Cash. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's good. I like it. Yeah, my rating for it is uh, watch it on Comedy Central <laughs> with commercials <laughs> one uh, afternoon. Yeah, watch it edited. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I for give the, this... For the best effect. <laughs> for the best effect. Yeah. Okay, now coming in at number one for two weeks is <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> with the subtitle, subtitle Turtles in Time. Yeah, Turtles in Time. It's a American martial arts superhero comedy film written and directed by Stuart Gilliard. Or Gillard. That sounds and like uh, one of the genres Dave makes up for the music. <laughs> Gillard? No, the genre. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's at least something um, you make up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know any of these names of these people that star in it, but you, you have Elias. Sorry, Elias, Elias Cotillas, Co- yeah. Paige Turco, Vivian Wu, Sab Shimono, so maybe Stuart Wilson. Corey Feldman might not be in this one then. No, I no. don't think so. He's in one or two. And of them. Uh, the yeah. budget is twenty-one million, and the box office is fifty-four point five million. Yep. I think this is notoriously the worst one uh, of the Ninja Turtles movies. I really. So this is one that I I'm pretty sure I've seen in the past, but I I didn't rewatch it. I uh, yeah, I've seen it, Dave. You have not seen it. Uh, no, I haven't seen this thing. This one I remember being on like TV when I was young quite a bit. Um, maybe like HBO or something. Um, definitely saw it. Um, actually, I think I saw this one before I saw the second one. <laughs> Weirdly, I think I saw like for whatever reason this one quite a bit. Um, Whoa, this one that's I- <laughs> kind of crazy. You're seeing this movies out of order. That's fucked up. Well, I, de- I saw the original one first for sure. So chill, <laughs> chill out, Dave. <laughs> You seen Secret of the Ooze last? I think I saw Secret of the Ooze last. Actually, sure. I did too yeah. because I watched Secret of the Ooze for the first time recently. So yeah, Ugh. Um, 
this I gotta, one I gotta I go to the bathroom so you guys talk for a second <laughs> great um uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay so alright so it'll be be who's seen it David who hasn't seen it so alright great um yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks Brandon so see and the point I was just gonna make I needed Brandon to like rebound off of like well let uh, me okay. say what I'm gonna say first then alright go ahead yeah I'm going to say I was surprised a little bit that they were able to make a third of this series. I know the first one was huge. I guess the second one was big enough as well that they were able to make a third of the series in such a short period of time, right? Like four years, three movies, four years. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about like how quickly all three movies like came out. Yeah, usually it, it's like a couple year gap. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they really like kept that fire going for a bit well the quality definitely goes down like movie by yeah. movie so yeah i guess they really um, they still cashed in though i think they i mean i mean it's yeah, never clearly the catching hard. number one movie um yeah t- people are still interested in ninja turtles there's all kinds of popular games and toys right. as we've talked about like it's still like a very popular thing probably cartoon show i'm sure is, is on at this point at least in syndication like, yeah still a you know very popular thing and the one thing i I, th- I could be wrong. I think this movie is the return of Casey Slater. I think yeah, he was he's not. He's not in the second one. He's not in the second one. He is in this one. Ooh. But he's like holding it down. I don't think he time travels with them though, because what happens is they find this like, I barely remember. They find like a magic. I'm thinking it's like an umbrella or something. There's something they find. <laughs> I don't know why I have an umbrella in my head that allows them to time travel into ancient. China, I think. I think it's ancient China. And they're, they help out villagers, I think, go up against these, like, Chinese warlords uh, or so, something like that. Yeah, there's, like, they're helping people fight, and then they have to make it back to get to the present. But I remember there's a thing where one of the Ninja Turtles, like, doesn't make it back and wants to stay in the past. That's, like, a thing. There's a lot of, like, and it's like, oh, no, Mikey! Like, <laughs> right. Um, but, um... Don't remember too much of what happens, but that's kind of like the basic premise. I don't think April... I don't know if April's in this one. Maybe she, she is. is. It looks like she is. And also, I okay. want to make a correction. Corey Feldman is the voice of Donatello. Ah, he is in this one. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, Brady, have anything more, more to say about this one? I don't... I remember no. watching it as a kid and enjoying it, but it's probably terrible. I probably won't rewatch it. It's yeah. not on my list of things to rewatch. I probably won't... Watch it, not even rewatch it. <laughs> I yeah, I definitely won't rewatch it because I probably won't watch it. Right. I do want to see the first one though because I haven't seen that in a while. But the third one I don't care about, and um, my rating is half. Sh- ha- I'll give it a half shell. <laughs> half Fuck shell. It. Yeah. One half shell. All right, and I have actually movie news coming up, and I just want to quickly list the movies that it's up against that it beats out for number one. Uh, beats out Point of No Return, which uh, comes out. Yeah, Bridget Fonda, Gabriel Byrne. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbarians at the Gate, uh, Born Yesterday, Hear No Evil, oh, Married to It. Hear oh, No Evil is um, a good one. And The Opposite Sex and How to Live with Them. And in movie news, March 31st, actor, this is when Brandon Lee is accidentally killed during the filming of The Crow, as we talked about. Oh, my gosh. Dan and Bravo, yeah. End of March uh, during this time. So, um, yeah. All right. So, moving on to the first week of April, we have Cop and a Half, 
debuting at number one. <laughs> Dave, hit us with those stats. It's an American family buddy cop comedy film directed by the Fonz, Henry oh, Winkler. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, it is starring Burt Reynolds, Ray Sharkey, Ruby D, and uh, Norman D. Golden II. And it's uh, distributed by Universal Pictures. The language, the language is English. Budget is four million, and the box office is forty point mm. seven million. So big return. Yeah, it seems. Mamma Mia, have you seen it? So I think I'm the only one that watched this one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, again, I said that I, I might have seen this as a child. It seems very familiar, but. Can't confirm or deny. All right. So <laughs> it's kind of a, I guess, weird time of the year for movies at the box office because you have that stupid Ninja Turtles sequel and then this movie. So it's like just kids movie galore. Kids. Um, yeah. And I'm going to add. Adults don't want to see movies at this point. Bad kids in the, movies. In the year. Bad kids movies. This one is bad. What? It's a shit, shit movie. It's a bad, bad movie. <laughs> um, so I watched it. Don't recommend it. Um, well... There's some, there's some parts in it that are like so stupid that you could like laugh at, and it's you know a little funny, but the intentionally funny stuff is not funny, right? Uh -huh. I, you know, like it's kind of like one like buddy cop movie. Basically, what happens is the kid Devin Butler he witnesses um, a murder himself, and so they cut a deal with him where he says like he like. It's a lot of like also police and cop propaganda too. Like in this movie, like it's oh wow, the kid is for the kids. The kid is obsessed with wanting to be a cop. Like he's playing detective with his friend and wanting to be a cop. And so when he actually witnesses a crime, he actually he sees a license plate of a car. He's taking notes like a detective. He has a big imagination. So I can uh -huh. see how this would be like maybe a fun movie for kids. He goes to the cops and he says, like, I'll tell you what I, he's like eight years old. He's like, I'll tell you what I know, but you have to let me be a cop, like with Burt Reynolds. <laughs> and like in any real world, they'd be like, fuck you. Tell us what we know. Or we're <laughs> going to, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like in real life, they would get the information from him somehow. But like, because it's a kid's movie, they cut it, they cut a deal with him where they let him be in the cop car with Burt Reynolds for a day. And Burt Reynolds as a cop not likable, not fun. Like, just like, it's like weird casting too for like Burt Reynolds. Probably doesn't want to do this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't really remember. Oh, you know, you know who's in it? One of like the bad guys in it is one of the guys from Goodfellas. It's like the guy with like the hair in Goodfellas. He like, oh. you know what I'm talking about? He like, he's with Joe Pesci when they go Frank to- Frank Siv Sivero? When they go to kill Samuel L. Jackson, he's with Joe Pesci. It's that guy. Yeah, it's Frank Severo. Yeah, he's Severo. Severo. He's one of the bad guys in it. Um, the mad bad guy, the mad, the main bad guy is also like, he's a different character. He's obsessed with like singing songs from the 1950s, and he's trying to be like a 1950s like recording artist. But he's also like a drug criminal, like a <laughs> drug dealer. So that's like a he's like separately. He's in like a studio recording himself singing 1950s songs. Oh wow, so that's like I a, like that. That's like a side plot. Like a that's a fun plot. Um. <laughs> It's just it's just very stupid. Um So would you say that um the main cop is less diligent than the half cop, the kid? <laughs> yeah, like the kid it's is like the, part of the comedy, I guess. Yeah, the kid is just like better and like wants it more. And it, yeah, yeah, and is 
There's also like a very so like and it's also Burt Reynolds is like a father figure to him because the kid lives with his grandmother. So there's that whole uh-huh. element of it. So the kid stays with Burt Reynolds one night in his place, and Burt Reynolds in one scene, the kid's in the bathroom. Burt Reynolds goes right to the bathroom right next to the kid and starts peeing, like takes his dick out in front of the kid during a scene. Oh no. Which I thought was a very weird choice. Yeah. Like he just like openly goes to the and like the kid's like, Hey, we should crush the streams. The kid makes a joke. No. I swear to God, it's a scene that happened in the movie. Yeah. Damn. And he thinks he can get away with it because he's a goddamn cop. <laughs> but um, Burt Reynolds is just like annoyed by him the whole time. And he's like yelling a lot. But it, it just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like an enjoyable kids movie. I At the, at the end of the day, it, it just sucks. It just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Don't well, I'm definitely not going to watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dave, what's your rating? I'll give that one a half shell as well. <laughs> <laughs> also a half shell. Yeah. Um, coming up next, we have our longest uh, consecutive running so far. We have, for four weeks, at number one, Indecent Proposal. Dave, yes. take it away. American drama film based on the novel of the same name. The novel by the same name, written by Jack Englehard. Uh, but this movie is directed by uh, like a big-time, horny director, erotic thriller director, Adrian Lin, mm-hmm. who did um, Basic Instinct before this. Probably others as well. Not, um, not Basic Instinct, Fatal Attraction. I'm sorry, yeah. Fatal Attraction. <laughs> And so uh, the movie that uh, on and featured Flashdance, right? Flashdance, Nine and a Half Weeks, and Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. Um, it's also broke. I have a stat here. A decent propo- proposal broke Pet Cemetery's record for highest weekend debut in April. Yes, C- and um, it stars Robert Redford, Demi Moore, Woody Harrelson, Oliver Platt, Seymour Cassell, and. Um, the budget was thirty-eight million, and the box office was two hundred sixty-six point six million. Uh, quickly, Cop and Half came out against The Adventures of Huck Finn, The Crush, <laughs> and Jack the Bear. Sounds okay. like That's a what? wonderful weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think we've all seen this at some point. Is that correct? Yes. I have not seen it. No, oh, you've not seen oh. it. Okay. I, I started it recently and and abandoned it because I thought it looked annoying to watch. <laughs> so I, it's not what I wanted when I saw it. So I maybe we'll return to it, but I wasn't into it when I was I I watched it for like 15 minutes and said no. I watched yeah. it like in the middle of the night one night. Yeah, I this is <laughs> this is like this is one of the movies where I saw it in my like blockbuster renting days like in high school. Um, and liked it just because, I don't know, it was like a fun adult thriller type, not even thriller, but just, but the thing is that I feel like this film is referenced so frequently, just, oh, it's like a decent proposal, like that situation, like the, the, the situation of what goes on of What's Robert the situation? Redford. Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore are a couple and they're in Vegas and Redford approaches them to spend the night with with um with her for like a million dollars. I think there's some other like gambling they're, they're situation. They're in a tough spot financially too, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Like yeah. they're they're kind of desperate, which is why they like agreed they even agree to this, but 
Yeah, the whole movie is just, yeah, it's Robert Redford like whining and dying, dining and wooing Demi Moore while Woody Harrelson Daddy. while Woody Harrelson is losing his mind. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah. and like just so pissed and just like so distraught that she and thinking she's like definitely gonna leave him. And it, I remember she like almost does like it's like really yeah. shitty. Yeah, yeah, that's like, like the thing, and then but then yeah. she eventually like winds up back yeah. back with them. But yeah, I mean, I don't really remember this. Like aside, from, like I remember like the casino scenes. I remember, but so I I would like to rewatch it just because I I've watched a couple of the Adrian Adrian Lynn movies recently. But I don't know if I'll get to it th- or this time around. But um, yeah, yeah, and uh, I wanted to bring up that this is a second movie starring Demi Moore. Yeah, the hit number one. Wow. Big year for her Big so year. far. One of the bigger ones this year. Yeah, four weeks. Big year. Yeah. Big, uh, sorry, big movie for this big year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Barry did the score. James Bond composer. Um, theme. James Bond theme. Uh, maybe I'll check that out. Some pretty <laughs> popular big movies come out um, while this is hitting number one that don't take the throne from it. Okay. Uh, the Sandlot. Mm. Um, right. Bodies, bodies, rest, and motion. Wait, Dave, what did you say? You hate the Sandlot? Yeah, I hate it. That sucks. <laughs> I hate that take so much. That sucks. <laughs> I know how you feel about kids' movies, and watching Cop and a Half, uh, got, like, I couldn't fucking stand it. Sandlot is so great. You're crazy. All right, anyway. Side, sidekicks. Corny. Um not that corny all right sidekicks comes out uh classic movie uh the positively true adventures of the alleged texas cheerleader murdering mom benny and june boiling point uh wide sargasso sea coming up in the second week of may for one week is dragon the bruce lee story yes yes american biographical drama film Directed and co-written by Rob Cohen, based on Bruce Lee, The Man Only I Knew, by Linda Lee Cadwell, and it stars Jason Scott Lee as Bruce Lee. Related? Not related, no. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. So honestly, I thought this was a documentary when I saw it. I didn't know that it was an actual biopic. So you guys didn't see it, it just me? I was going to still read more stats. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Robert Wagner also in it. Nancy Kwan. It made so the budget was 16 million and the box office was 63.5 million. So a lot of money. So am I correct? Was it did I was I the only one that watched this one? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. But yeah, I thought the same thing as Brandon. I thought it would be a, a documentary that hits number one at the box office. Really. I don't know. I just well, I was thought because of like Brandon Lee dying, and then there was a documentary about his dad. Like I thought it, maybe that's what propelled it to number one. Same. I'm like this. No. Brandon Lee is dead. I they feel bad for him. Let's <laughs> watch the documentary. <laughs> so, and I think the movie is a tribute to not only Bruce Lee, but you know, but his son also. Like I think that's, uh-huh. that's a part of it. But you, well, number one, you guys should watch this movie. It was good. Dragon the Bruce Lee story was good. It was cool because it's a biopic of his movie, or of his movie, of of his of his <laughs> life. Pretty much everything leading up to you know, leading up to his death, which and he was even younger than I thought when he died. I actually didn't even really know the yeah, full story of his young. death, but um, and it's his like, you know, 
leaving Hong Kong to come to America and him, you know, just achieving, trying to, trying to make it, you know, in America. Um, it's really good. And what's really cool about this movie is they shoot fight scenes the way Bruce Lee movies are shot. Like, he, oh, that's cool. He right. fights people throughout the movie, but it's shot like Bruce Lee style, like fight scenes. Like, um, so they're, they're real fans. They're hardcore fans making yes, this movie. It is a, a very respectful, very solid tribute to him. The end is like, it's my only complaint. It just kind of ends, but I guess he just died so suddenly. His life is kind of ends. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Too, like, yeah. yeah, like there's not like much of a moment of like, wow, I really did it. He just kind of dies. <laughs> like it doesn't end well. Like it's, right. it's very sad, but I guess that's just reality of like what kind of happened to him. Um, and there's also a lot of mystery surrounding that. Like it's, it's like, um, I, I read, I tried to read a little bit about it. It was like a weird brain thing that just like kind of happened and he died. Yeah. Um, he wasn't even recording like dubs. Yeah. Some, I, I watched He's in the, the studio. He was like up in the studio one night recording English dubs for one of his movies and then passed out, had an aneurysm or something like that. Yeah, they don't show, they don't get that far in the movie. The movie just ends. Oh, they don't, okay. Yeah, the movie just, movie ends before that. His wife is played by the woman in Dumb and Dumber. Okay. It's her. She's like the female lead. I love it's the music Lauren in it. Lauren Holly. Yeah. I love, uh, love the music in it. Very uplifting, like big kind of score, like music throughout the whole thing. But it's um, the fighting, the fight scenes. And like, and I think there's like, some like uh, embellished and like fantasy elements they add in to make it more like a Bruce Ooh. Lee movie too. Like he, I don't even know if this is true. Maybe it's true. He has to like fight for his honor in one scene to like defend keeping his way of teaching his, um, the martial arts that he teaches. I can't remember the name of it. It's not karate. It's something else. So that's how that's like his first initial gig into like really trying to make a name for himself is he's teaching the martial arts that he knows to people, but in order to maintain his like license or whatever to like keep it, he has to fight this guy in front of this like karate council to maintain it. And like, I'm thinking like, there's no way this is real. This is def- This has to be like <laughs> just some movie shit they made up. I mean, maybe a part of it's real. Maybe that's like one of the, but like the big conflict he, he hits is like the, the guy that he fights like shatters his back and he has to, f- oh. and he has to fight his way and like train his way back into healing and it's it's really good you guys should watch this movie it's really it's a really fun enjoyable movie to watch and like he the guy who plays him not related to bruce lee does a really good job um and the fight scenes are really cool um and yeah just somebody trying to make it in america oh and it's a lot i can't forget to a big part of it is the racism he deals with in in the u.s and coming right. to be, like he it, it's uh, he takes her to like a restaurant and they won't even he has a reservation they won't seat him because he, he's Asian right. like and so there's a ton of racism and those problems that he deals with um, and it's really sad because he was successful but then he just dies and there's not not really much of a happy ending for him <laughs> right uh, so and then and another thing they show in this movie is they hint at that he's and his family is cursed. Like they show his dad dealing with like this weird dream sequence where he sees this like ancient Chinese like warrior garb and like that that like ancient Chinese warriors trying to attack him in his dream. 
And then Bruce Lee has the same dream where he's being attacked by this thing. And this is supposed to be like representative of like this curse that he can't escape. And sure enough, he dies. And then his son dies in this terrible way too. So like the way they approach it is that the family is just cursed. Right. By this thing that haunts them. But the way they treat that is in their dreams, they're battling this like ancient, like Chinese warrior. (laughs) Like it's, it's pretty interesting. It's a cool movie. Um, I definitely recommend it. It was it was good. I don't like biopics. Is that gonna? <laughs> I understand. This Change. is so unique, though. We're... No, no I'm, I'm, I was I was kind of kidding. Like I don't like <laughs> biopics, but I would I would watch this definitely. Yeah, I recommend. It's it. a very interesting story. It's an interesting I... and it's an interesting approach to a biopic. It's not str- right. It's right. not straightforward at all. It's that's cool. It's very so it's like yeah. Rocket Man. It's very unique. <laughs> oh wait a second! Wait a second! When you said that, I don't know why I immediately went to the Disney movie. I with Har- also Harlan went to Williams. the Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever somebody says Rocket Man, I'm thinking of that movie. I'm not thinking of Elton John. <laughs> the Rocketeer. The, no, it's not the Rocketeer. No, there's a movie called no? Rocket Man with. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's an insane that movie. One. He like yeah. goes to Mars. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dave, what's your rank? What's your uh, ranking or or rating of dragon hmm i i'll keep it unrated i want to see it <laughs> uh, <laughs> i heard there's a really cool scene with brad pitt in it where he's fighting bruce lee <laughs> isn't that true like <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay uh, all right anyway, so moving on I, I like his story he he had to go to he had to go to China to make it in America, which was interesting. For one week on the chart, the third week of May, hitting number one in its second week of release is Dave. No, not presenter Dave. <laughs> what? But the film Dave. D- Dave and Dragon came out the same week, but Dragon won. Oh. The f- Dragon, Dragon won the first won battle. Won the first battle. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, Dave is a Dave is a American political comedy film directed by Ivan Reitman, who's directed many famous comedies, including oh, yeah. Ghostbusters and others. Oh, it stars Kevin Klein, Sigourney Weaver, Kevin Dunn, Ving Rhames, Ben Kingsley, Franklin Franklin Jella. Whoa, yep. good cast. Charles Grodin. Oh, Charles Grodin too. Laura Linney. Yeah, Laura Linney, Bonnie Hunt, Stephen Root. All right, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, there's so many people in this movie. All right, um, yes, and it uh, the budget was 28 million, and the box office was 80. Sorry, 63.3 million. Am I the only one who has seen it? Uh, yeah, I've never seen this one. Never seen this like one. Like the either. title, though. <laughs> this is a highly, highly recommended film by me this is really good really funny i love kevin klein he's he's so great this is like one of the last movies about politics where it can be like yeah politics can do good and it's like there's you know what i mean it's like the whole thing is that kevin klein is an asshole president and he he has an affair and has like a heart attack in the middle of the affair, and so they find a guy also played by Kevin Klein, that looks just like him to stand in his place. And he's, a, you know, supposed to be like a puppet for Frank Langella, uh, but he starts getting some ideas of his own to do some good. 
and is much more personable. And Sigourney Weaver, uh, you know, and starts to realize what's going on, and they team up, and it's great. It's a great, great movie. It's fun. It's lighthearted. Um, great premise. But they wouldn't. There would never be like a political movie like this anymore. There would never be with so much like charm and positive outlook on the political system and all that type of stuff. It's just a they different. Couldn't do it. It's right. a different era. Even if they made it, it would get rejected. Never get. Would never get released. <laughs> so Kevin Klein, he loves playing uh, presidents, and also another character. <laughs> <laughs> do the same thing in in, in uh, the wild wait wild wild west. Oh yeah, in the oh, movie called Wild Wild West. Yeah, yeah. He, he plays a president and then another character. He, right, in <laughs> yeah. dual performance uh, in in movies. He, this is his first time doing it. Maybe <laughs> there's others too, but there's right. at least two examples of that. He dresses as Ulysses S. Grant, I think. Grant, yeah. Wild yeah. Wild no, west. he also plays Ulysses S. Grant. No, but it's him. In the movie, he play he plays Ulysses S. Grant, and then he, <laughs> then he, he dresses like Ulysses S. Grant. Right. But in the beginning of the movie, he also plays Ulysses S. Grant. So it's three then. It's three separate things that he does. <laughs> no, no, no. It's two two characters, but one. Okay. No. He, yeah. He he, he he performs as the real Ulysses S. Grant, and then his character, the invent the inventor guy dresses up as Ulysses S. Grant later on in the film. Right. I forgot about the actual Ulysses S. Grant element right. of it. Right. Right. Oh, and Kevin Klein plays that guy also. Yes. Yeah. So it's like three. It's like three characters. <laughs> no, it's two characters. Well, but it's he's no, doing like it's a, three. That's three it, in my he, opinion. His one character is doing a performance of his other character. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's yes, two no, different people. I understand, people. I understand so that. So it's not three characters. It's two people. No, it's, I, yes. it's like Mission Impossible with the face thing. That's yes. Like, it's, it, <laughs> but I'm just making it clear. There's one person he is <laughs> yes. playing, and then he's also playing another person who's, who's yes. impersonating another person. Yes. But it's three different performances, basically. It is three different. Three different performances, but two different characters. Right. Right. Yes. 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 <laughs> I think U.S. Grant can be two different characters because one is an impersonation U.S. Grant, one is the actual U.S. Grant. That's All right, two, two characters. Two different people he's portraying. Physical people. Well, three because he's also playing himself. No. He's also playing. No, the the second one is no. The second Grant is not a new character. It's his other character performing as Grant. Right. But it's so it's a third performance, not a third character. Right. There you go. It's it's just like what you're saying with Mission Impossible when like Philip Seymour Hoffman is acting as Tom Cruise. He's not playing a different character, but he's doing a second performance. Right. Okay. Anyway, uh, this is a good movie. People should watch it. It's funny. <laughs> and Sigourney Weaver is is great in this too. What? Well, so I was a, and you know, actually seeing how many people are in it, that actually makes more sense. I was surprised that a movie like this is number one at the box office. A little bit for me, too. Because of the subject matter. Or, Brandon, do you think, like, because there's so many people in it, like, this had to hit number one? Is it, like, that kind of a thing? Uh, maybe nothing else at the time was, like, a huge blockbuster film. Yeah. I don't, it got I, to slide in. I don't know. I think maybe... I, I don't know. That's, I, I, I wonder how many, like, lighthearted comedies... Uh, in other years like did as well 
I'm not mm. sure. It's up against American Heart, Much Ado About Nothing. Oh my God, that is so good. Um, my Neighbor Totoro. Oh, Totoro. Oh, that's Totoro. Like and, amazing, uh, amazing movie. You've got also while it's hitting number one, Daybreak comes out. Stephen King's The Tommyknockers. Uh, Lost in Yonkers, Posse, Hot Shots Part Two. And then we can move on to our next one, unless you guys have more to say. Nope. Okay. Um, all right, so next up is for one week, May 20, the week of May 23rd, we have Sliver. Sliver, American erotic thriller film based on the Ira Levin novel of the same name. It um, originally was given the NC-17 rating. It's directed oh. by Philip Noyce. Noyce. Produced by Robert Evans. He's very famous for doing shit in the movie <laughs> <laughs> industry. Uh, Godfather, other stuff. Uh, screenplay by Joe Esterhaus, right? Basic Instinct? Yep. Uh, writer? Yep. He... Yeah, so stars Sharon Stone, William Baldwin, Tommy Berenger, Martin Landau, and the budget was 30 to, four, 30 to 40 million, and the box office was was 123.9 million. Yes, and I was assigned to watch this. You guys have not seen it, right? Not seen it. I <laughs> really want to. This is just a Dave adventure. Right. Well, I won't get too deep into it. I liked it. Um, it's really not great. It's kind of overblown, absurd. Um, it's insane enough to watch. There's enough insane elements in there and twists and turns that you don't expect that it is fun to watch. But um, not... Not great. Different character for Sharon Stone, kind of. Um, she's definitely not doing the basic instinct character, mm -hmm. which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, and watching this movie made me appreciate basic instinct more, actually. Because mm. I guess I haven't seen that many erotic thrillers. I'm going, oh, yeah. So basic instinct is probably one of the best of that class yeah. right, of erotic thrillers. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't like so into that movie, but... It made me appreciate what that film did versus this one. Um, it's very modern in its themes about privacy. It's a big part of the movie. It's just like yeah. William Baldwin is spying on all these people in a, in a building. Um, great performance by... I, want to, I don't want to say great, but weird and interesting performance by William Baldwin. And like really uh, aggro performance by Tom Berenger. <laughs> I love Tom Berenger. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's great. Yeah, but um, platoon, platoon, major league, right? <laughs> yeah, like kind of this like aggro asshole character. Yeah, but um, yeah, you guys would like it. Brandon would really like it, I think. Yeah, I, I want to. I'm fascinated with Joe Esterhaus and like him and at this time and uh shane black were like always in competition for selling a script for the most amount of money like right that's their big deal yeah they would like each like one up each other in terms of uh 
of what they would do. And I think after this, he kind of peaked with Showgirls, and I think that was it for Esther House after that, really. Um, yeah, I think he made the most money on Showgirls, right? Yeah, I think he sold that for a lot of money, and then I think Shane Black wound up winning out of all that. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely this movie, we'll watch this. This movie um, was nominated for a lot of Golden Raspberry Awards. Right. <laughs> worst picture, worst director, worst screenplay, worst actor, worst actress, worst supporting actor, worst supporting actress. Didn't didn't win any, I think. Wow. From but, what uh, from what you're a saying, lot of nominations. it doesn't sound like it was that bad from what you're saying. Um it's it's not good actually, but it's it, but it's entertaining, I guess, is what the Okay. Yeah. You know I you know what I mean because it's yeah. so absurd. That it's entertaining. It's a movie that we would enjoy because of the absurdity of it. Right. But it is not like a well done movie. Right. Necessarily. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. It's a, it's a fine movie. There's a really, really funny twist ending. Like really funny. Kind of like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> like that's the reaction I had. I was like pissed off for the last 20 minutes. And then like the last uh, scene was so absurd. Um, so you would enjoy it, but um, not necessarily great. And also, uh, Howard Shore, I'm looking at right now, did the music. Oh wow, one of my favorites. Yes. So, watch it. We'll watch it. Definitely, we'll watch but, it. But um, don't expect too much. I won't. <laughs> I have a sliver of expectation. I kind of want to watch it. Have a it. sliver. Yeah. Have a sliver. Um. All right. Going into the next movie, which will be number one for two weeks in a row, is Cliffhanger. Oh, Cliffhanger, uh, American action-adventure film directed by Rennie Harlan, starring Sly Stallone, uh, who also wrote the screenplay with Michael France. John Lithgow also starring. Michael Rooker there. Janine Turner. Leon. Just one name, Leon. Yep. Uh, Paul Winfield, <laughs> Ralph Waite, music by Trevor Jones, uh, and budget was seventy million. Box office was two hundred and fifty-five million. Big hit. Monster big hit. Big budget too. Big budget, big monster fucking film. Big dude starring in it. Big dude, yeah. Big mountain. <laughs> So this one haven't seen it. This one's been on my list to watch for so long, years, and I still didn't watch right. it this week. I prioritized other things like Hop and a Half. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing I am fully aware of with this movie is the opening scene, which the, Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what um, I was gonna say too. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's I funny. did not. I know. Now I know that. Yeah, I did not see this movie until as like one of the first things I watched in quarantine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Ways to Nature Calls with the raccoon, like, you know, I've always known about this movie because of that. Yeah, I've seen and, the opening scene, have not seen the movie, just to be clear. Yeah. Right. And uh, the rest of it, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, you can see why the budget is what it is. I mean, it's all outdoors, and Rennie Harlan's a really good action director. He's done a, a couple of really good action movies. Um, but this isn't even, I mean, it's an action, it's like nature action, you know, and there's like fighting, but it's not <laughs> like, you know, it's not like an insane, you know, there's not, it's it's really good though, Stallone is, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's Stallone, Lithgow's great, Lithgow is just one of the greatest like, 
uh, unassuming bad guys, but he's always like a creep uh, bad guy. Rooker is awesome in this, and then Leon. Leon is the guy. He's in uh, Cool Runnings. He's like the main. Um, oh, okay. Cool Runnings guy. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun movie. I would recommend you watch it. Um, it's got heist. It's I was going to say it's like a heist in the mountains, right? Yeah. Oh, a heist. Yeah. Yes. It's like um, Ar- Point Break. Arnold or Arnold <laughs> Stallone is like uh, watch it. He's yeah. Stallone is like what like Mountain Patrol. Yeah, and he like he he acquires like one of the cases of money, and then it's like a chase movie, and like they have Michael Rooker captured, and it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's good, it's real good. Watch it. Man. I always mix this up with Highlander. Oh, <laughs> very different movie. Very. And I very... I thought so. I thought like Stallone's not in Cliffhanger. Like that's like <laughs> a weird fantasy movie type thing. But it's not. It's not. They're two different movies. Sean Connery. Cliffhanger. Sean Connery. Highlander. R.I.P. Sean Connery. R.I.P. And oh. uh, I love the name of this movie because I'm a I'm a literary head, and Cliffhanger is a big, <laughs> like it's a it's a classic story device. Device, yeah. Storytelling device. So I'm huge on the title, as a lit head. <laughs> it's lit. It's lit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank All you. Right. Um, some movie events uh, while this movie's hitting number one, the end of May. Oh, oh um, just want to say that on the theatrical release poster, it says, hang on. On the poster, it's it says Stallone and Cliffhanger, like in smaller wor- letters than, than hang on. Hang on is huge. It's like filling up most of this poster right here. <laughs> Big, bigger than the title? Yeah. It's way bigger than the title. Than the title. <laughs> That's funny. Kim Basinger files for bankruptcy um, in, on May 27th after a California judge initially orders her to pay $8.9 million for refusing to honor a verbal contract to star in the film Boxing Helena. As a result, Basinger loses the town that she purchased in 1989, Brazelton, Georgia. So she what? Bought, she bought a town. Oh. You can do that? And, and, <laughs> I guess. It, she bought this in 89. She loses it, Brazelton, Georgia, to her partner in the deal, the pension fund of Chicago-based Ameritech. What? So, I didn't know this was a thing. That, what like, a crazy... People and corporations <laughs> are owning towns. <laughs> Wait, so hold on. She loses this town to her partner in the deal. Oh, not her life partner. Her partner in the deal was a pension fund. Chicago-based right. Ameritech. Okay, that's <laughs> I misunderstood. Okay, so if that was something that happened in movie news. Oh, so you thought she was dating a corp, a corporation? Or <laughs> yeah, something? I said her partner, and so I. She was married <laughs> to a pension fund. What? A okay. pension fund? Yeah, she thought she was married. Okay. No, Al Baldwin, right? Am I getting this right? Yeah. Yeah. At this Baldwin. time, they were the eight couple of the year. Right. Brother of Billy, famously. Yeah. Of Sliver. <laughs> Sliver fame. Um, yeah. Okay, May 28th, produced by Hollywood Pictures, Super Mario Brothers opens, make, <laughs> making the first video game film released. Uh, Bob Hoskins cool. as Mario and John Lugazamo as Luigi. Um, the film would unfortunately end up grossing over only $20.9 million domestically and receive negative reviews from the critics. Coming in next, 
uh, is this. This is going to be. There's a few reasons why this is going to be an interesting discussion. But so this movie only is on as only number one for three weeks. Okay, it it is a little film called Jurassic Park. That's a big film. Eh, it's a little Eh, film. Little film. Really? I always thought this was like a like the a massive film, like the biggest (laughs) film of the year type of thing. Tiny film. Okay. Teeny tiny. Only made a billion dollars. Not that big deal. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Well, it's um I think it's a big film actually. <laughs> it's an American it's science really fiction action film. It's directed by Steven Spielberg, produced by Kathleen Kennedy. Um it's based on the novel by Michael Crichton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenborough, who's also a director sometimes. Um, Martin Ferrero, B.D. Wong, Sam L. Jackson, Wayne uh, and L. Knight. Um, <laughs> music by John Williams. Uh, Universal Pictures distributed it. And the budget was $63 million and the box office was $1.033 billion. Oh, my God. That's so big. Before we go into a discussion about this, so it's pretty weird that this only was number one for three weeks. Uh-huh. Um, it was in theaters. Guess how many weeks it was in theaters? 20. Dan? Um, year. A year. Yeah, like yeah, 30. I, I don't know. 71. Oh, man. Oh, shit. A year and a half. This was into the following <laughs> October. Oh, man. And there were still there were still certain weekends where it was the number one, like, performing movie, but not for, like, the week. Um, it, oh. it's, it, just looking at these stats, it's, like, really, really, really crazy. Um, and I don't really know how that works, because it shows, like, Thanksgiving later of this year, it had, like, the best thanksgiving day weekend but it wasn't the number one movie so i don't really know how that works but it's about the whole week i guess yeah, i guess so um I, I have some stats too uh brandon like it broke batman returns record for the highest weekend debut for the month of june uh for a summer release a pg-13 pg-13 rated film and of all time so at the time highest weekend debut for the month of june summer release a pg-13 related film film and of all time <laughs> um highest weekend debut of 93 and it broke batman's record for the highest second weekend gross of all time oh man also so um still little movie little thing you know <laughs> like yeah i don't really think so all right I'm excited to get, I want to get into this with you guys because we've talked about it a little bit already and I feel like my opinion about this one is drastically different than probably both of you. Drastic. Jurassic. Yeah, drastically <laughs> different than both of you. Definitely, Dave. Hmm. Well, what do you want to say? Nah, what do you we've guys want to say? We've all seen it. We've all seen it, We've all right? seen it. I've seen it a few times. No, it's a, I think what you guys have to say are hot takes personally. So I would like to hear these first. I'm getting there. I, but here's the thing. I don't have that hot of a take. It's pretty medium. Yeah, me too. It's a totally medium take. This is what I will say about it. It's not... It's a movie as a kid that 
the merchandise was everywhere. I knew all about this park that there's dinosaurs in it. Like it was very exciting and cool as a kid. I think nineties is all about the dinosaur renaissance and, and culture, dinosaur book bags, pens, you know, sneakers, Barney, uh, (laughs) land before time. Yeah. It's just a big time for dinosaurs. We're back. Weirdly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even though they've been extinct for a long time, they really had a resurgence in culture in the nineties. So as a kid, I knew about that thing. The idea of Jurassic park scared me very much. Um, but I eventually saw it as a, an adult, you know, I'm, I like Spielberg a lot. This is a, definitely a very solid Spielberg movie, but my main thing about it is I don't like the kids in it. I think they suck. <laughs> I think they almost ruined the movie <laughs> at parts. Um, the special effects is amazing. It still holds up. It looks, it looks brilliant today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a dinosaur and I'm not thinking it looks like, um, uh, I don't know. Gumby or something. It looks like a dinosaur. Yeah, because you have some of the practical effects also, like mixed, there you go. mixed in, yeah. which are cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. He made this while he was making uh, Schindler's List, right? Or something like that. No, he was editing it as he was working on Schindler's List, shooting Schindler's List, which comes out, which comes out later this year. Yeah. It's a major movie. I like it a lot. I just don't... I wouldn't hold it to the the same level of Spielberg's as other people do. Who have a lot of nostalgia for it, and that's don't ex- think it's on the same class as ET. Don't think it's in the same class as Jaws. Don't think it's the same class as um, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, uh, Close Encounters. AI. So, Schindler's List. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is I have zero nostalgia for this movie. I did not see it until much later, and I really think that's a huge part of it for a lot of people of our generation. Is that nostalgia? I- I think if it's confusing them. Yeah, it's a good movie. There's I I I I don't even really have much. I'm gonna rewatch it because I haven't rewatched it in a long time. Um, but yeah, I just don't have like that like connection to it. Where when I saw it, I was like, yeah, this is this is good. <laughs> it's a good movie. There we go. There, there's a hot take. It's good. <laughs> yeah, hot take is that it's good. And that Jeff Goldblum is awesome. Oh, that's another thing. Jeff Goldblum, he's good in it, too. He's pretty great, but let's not get carried away. So, okay, that's a part of the internet resurgence of Jeff Goldblum the last, like, 10 years is this movie. And his look in it. His weird laugh. His look and how it, like, I've seen, like, random Twitter celebrities just, like, talk about how they want to have sex with him. Like in this movie, like I've seen that quite a bit on Twitter. Like, like talk, like talking about the sex appeal of Jeff Goldblum. I've seen it a lot, actually. Like yeah. in this, in this movie, like there's like the picture of like him, like in the back Late, of the truck yeah. when he's injured. You see that I- image a lot, where, and he's like, "Must go faster, uh-huh. must go yeah. faster," and like. We talked about this a lot with Goldblum, like also with the fly. Like the thing that made him so unique is being this like smart you know, heady guy, but also could be sexually appealing. And, but so it like, he like bridged that gap between like nerd, like eighties nerd and, and right. action leading man or not. But also just like exotic dude. Yeah. He's yeah. just, cause a, there's, he's like no other, no, like, there's other, no one yeah. is not, he's even more than a nerd. He's just a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. His mannerisms, so like, the way he talks, yeah. it's, it's fascinating. I like, 
Um, he's like a he's a person that has sexual chemistry with anybody. Like uh, anytime with dinosaurs, you hear even. with with dinosaurs. Any interview you hear with him, he's just always like he can like jive with the mod so in that capacity. It's 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 uh it's interesting. Anyway, Dan, continue. Um. I, your guys' takes aren't as harsh as I thought. I feel I thought you guys hated this or something. I feel like I remember you guys nah. saying that. Uh, and also, I haven't seen all the Spielbergs. I think you guys have seen more than I have too. So I respect your opinions with like the full scope of Spielberg, right? I like this one more than a couple of the ones you listed. Maybe not all of them, Dave. But like you know, like I I, I hold this one in high regard. It is a heavy nostalgia thing. This is actually uh, fun fact: the first movie I ever saw in movie theaters. Oh man! This is see yeah. This is the first one. That's that's something that my parents never would have done. So, too. which I don't remember. I've been told that. I mean, I don't remember seeing it in the theater. I was told I fell asleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? Uh, like the second half of it. Yeah. I mean, I think I was what just ninety three June. I was three years old, four years old, right? Um, so, like, I likely fell asleep. Um, <laughs> and they, my dad told me that wow. I I laughed at the part where everybody in the theater is horrified. I laughed when the when the T Rex rips the guy off the toilet. <laughs> I'm, la- I'm like a little kid laughing at that That's part of funny. the theater. It is it, it, for me. It was funny, like see a guy on the toilet, like getting pulled off of it by a dinosaur. I That's funny. I think it's still funny. <laughs> that, yeah. that part's funny. That whole sequence I'm obsessed with with the T Rex where it first comes out. I, I Dave, I, it's so funny hearing how much you hate kids in movies for the most part. Like it's. Because it's, it's a take I, I, I still don't fully grasp, I, and I've heard you say this about a few movies before. Right. Like, these kids especially, I, I don't know what could possibly bother you about these kids. They're just like kids that are... They're annoying. They're, they're, they're t- just annoying. They're terrified of dinosaurs. I don't know what else you want. That's annoying. They're so scared. <laughs> they're huge creatures that they're scared of. This, I just want to know, why are they there? We don't need them. They, we have fully fleshed out characters Cause in it's Because it's also a kid's movie. It's, Get them it's out. wide appeal. Get them out. It's, it's mass appeal. It's partly a kid's movie, but it's also for everybody. Kids, kids like... Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> kids like uh, Laura Dern. Kids. We don't need... And dinosaurs. We don't need kids in it. And like all the stuff with the raptors. Like, uh, They're it, slowing it's us so down. It's so good. It's so terrifying. Um, amazing special effects. Yeah, this movie... This is one of my all-time favorites, honestly. I love this movie. Oh, of all time? It's up there, yeah. Probably probably my top 20. Top. That's, 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 yeah, that's the main difference. Is that maybe, I top, think it's a maybe top 30. Pretty but. solid movie. Well, people think it's like one of the best movies of the decade of the all time. I also of Spielberg. I've been to like the Universal Park in Florida where you'd go the the Jurassic Park ride. Like I love that kind of like that was really fun. Yeah, like you escape the T Rex at the end. Like I I had toys. Like I was very big on like Dr- Jurassic Park. Toy. Little kid Danny. Little kid um, Danny. Yeah, I was just all about this. I had like a Jurassic Park blanket. I think like uh, I yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it all. Um, it gets uh, two, uh, two claws up for me. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Um, all right. No. I think it's Jurassic. I think it could be Jurassic Park in terms of like it's a, it's a part car. It's not that much going on there. <laughs> It says it's 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 as exciting as a parked car. I don't believe that actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. <laughs> um. All right. So in movie news, it talks about Jurassic Park and all the money it made. Um. 
But on June 18th, while this is hitting number one, Arnold Schwarzenegger's film career falters with the commercial oh. disappointment of Last Action Hero. Oh, <laughs> what man. a funny headline. I, I mean, I, can't, I don't know how you could definitively say his career falters. Like, I don't, just because this well, movie... I, I mean, at the time, it was like one of the biggest like, bo- like disappointment and bombs. bombs like, it was time. a big flop. That's too bad. I love Last flop. Action Hero. It's I, it's good. It, I, I think I think it's sweet. I think it's a cool idea. It's a, like very good, ambitious for the time. Yeah, you go into the movie, and you're interacting with the movie characters. That's I, cool. I love it. Um, yeah, it's fun. So that's something that comes out around this. Well, Jurassic Park City number one. Also, Once Upon a Forest. Dennis okay. Dennis the Menace. Okay. House of Cards. With Tommy Lee Jones. Um, oh, sh- oh, okay. Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, one of Dave's favorites. <laughs> I like that movie. Uh, that I know you do. That's why I said, that's why yeah. I said that. Uh, and what's love got to do with it? Uh, cool. Do I know what, that? Uh, Which one's that? Lawrence Fish. Oh, that's the, that's the, the Tina Turner movie. Tina Turner movie, yeah. Yeah, Lawrence Fish. Tina Turner biopic. Yeah. All right, moving on. So replacing Jurassic Park for three weeks is another movie that went for three weeks at number one, which is crazy. The Firm. Yes. The Firm. American legal thriller. More of that's more of the term of that Brandon likes. He doesn't like the courtroom drama. He likes the legal thriller. Yep. Film. It's directed by Sidney Pollack. Also very famous for doing Tootsie. Out of Africa. Others. Also an actor. Uh, it's based on the book by John Grisham called The Firm. And it stars Tom Cruise, Gene Triplehorn. Gene Hackman, the two genes. Wow. Ed Harris, Holly Hunter, Hal Hallabrook. Um, music by one of my all-time favorites, Dave Grusin, who did the Tootsie soundtrack. So Sydney brought him back for the firm. And uh, budget was $42 million, And the box office was $270 million. It's crazy. <laughs> Holy crap. That's wow. crazy. Also written by Tom, Robert Town, who wrote Chinatown. Yep, I think. Yep, a lot of lot of big names involved. I'm so happy both of you guys watched this. Yeah, we all did. We've yep. all seen it, and we all seen it. Made sure to watch it. Um, Dave, also, uh, the music stood out for me. The music was so good. Grusin. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've. Well, okay, I'll save my thoughts today. I want to hear you guys talk about it first because I've been waiting for you guys to watch this movie for so long. <laughs> yeah, it was featured in our watch our uh, tournament episode. Um, Movie tournament episode, whenever we did that. I can't remember. The Tom Cruise movie tournament last season. Um, yeah. Dave, go ahead with, if you want to say anything. Me first? Yeah, why not? Um, I really liked it. It was, um, it was, it's interesting. It's an interesting balance of moods, right? And like, it's kind of funny and like almost like a romantic romance movie in the beginning. And then it switches on to like a like guy, little guy in a big city. No, that doesn't make sense. But it's like a fish out of water kind of movie. Like a guy is like trying to make it uh, as a law- lawyer, and then it just like sw- like eventually reveals itself to be a very dark thriller with a lot of twists, high tension. Um, it was yeah, greatly paced, great movie. Uh, what else do you guys what, what do you think 
Um, some surprises that I wasn't expecting that even enhanced this. Well, number one, for, for me, the firm, I for years, I've just thought this was a courtroom drama, and it's not at right. all. Uh, right, 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 right. I guess I was thinking there of a few good men. <laughs> I might have been just thinking of a few good men, but I always thought it was. It's not. It's literally called the firm because it's about the law firm and what's going right. on with the law firm and that Tom Cruise joins. He's getting all these job offers, um, highly sought after and recruited yeah. uh, <laughs> a guy fresh out of Harvard, uh, Harvard Law, um, gets all this money thrown at him in this home. And yeah, all the reveals as we go, is it's so insane. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, I, well, I mean, we've been spoiling stuff for the whole show. Um, most pleasant surprise for me was uh, Gary Busey. And oh, that, Gary Busey. And that whole yeah. thing. Yep. Yeah. Didn't know he was in Didn't there. Didn't know he was in there. And then yeah. he comes in that whole scene with Holly Hunter. Uh, like that's uh, That was one of my selling points to you was like, the Holly Hunter and Gary Busey stuff. I mean, she got nominated for a Best Supporting Actress for this because oh, like wow. she just okay. pops in and just like it's like a goofy character she yeah. plays too. Yeah. It's yeah. not um, and and then yeah, it's a kind of a comic, somewhat oh. of a comic uh, performance. Go ahead. Yeah. Also, and then Tom Cruise goes back to island vibes like cocktails. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's island, island vibes. Some and stuff. then then you have uh you have Jigsaw. And yes. <laughs> um, you have Jigsaw and Hank from Breaking Bad as like the two, you know, yes. uh, grunts, you know, hitmen. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. So I mean, that's the thing I love about these movies, like these type of movies where it's like there's 20 actors, you know, like I love mm. that about it. I love that it's a Tom Cruise movie where you know he's he's good at a thing and then he has to face adversity in some capacity. Gene Triplehorn similar phenomenon as I talked about with Annie McDowell where it's like she had a small window and I I, I really like her in this. Uh, Gene Hackman I think is like because of his retirement from act, acting it's like he's just one of the best movie stars and like he's just is like obviously he plays characters like he's Lex Luthor and he's you know has done like character work but so much of the time he's just Gene Hackman you know what I mean he's just like a guy yeah. that you would never expect could steal your girl but will uh, and um, <laughs> the music like I said he this, didn't steal the girl in this movie no but, his character you know. is so interesting in this movie <laughs> yeah I, like because it is you, super interesting you think he's very interesting you character. think he's like this asshole shithead and he's not and he is eh, not exactly not well, he is but he's not as he's just not as much of an asshole he's not shithead as evil as, as you think at, he is he's not evil he's not really evil right, but he right. is an asshole right. Yeah. right but it's like yeah it just compared to the other assholes and bad right. guys in the movie right it's like not even close like yeah, right yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean the score. The score is so good. I used to listen to the score like crazy. Me in, in college, me and my roommates would like play cards to the score all the time. <laughs> um, wow, that's uh, a vibe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my favorite thing is that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> that's a vibe. Like <laughs> <laughs> playing cards to the first. We would just be we would just be like smoking weed all night playing pitch, listening to the listening to this score and <laughs> that was that was it <laughs> the um, score is fantastic it's great i, I yeah. just don't see cards with it but it's just fun it's, it, that's very funny yeah i like it though it's an interesting um, choice really good 
and and so and the, the other aspect of this is like i said you know there's so many copy machines there's a lot of paperwork filing boxes right. and then ed harris's character like that's the thing that sets this movie in the direction that i love like the whole presence of ed harris like approaching him and like you know the the coats and sitting on benches like i just i love that stuff i love the like which one of these actors that you know is going to be the one that you need to not trust like uh, yeah it's just like a comforting vibe like it's like for me it's not like maybe it's not like a five star movie it's not like flawless and perfect and transcendent but it's a five star experience for me yeah. I love it I'm it's just like I so, love yeah. I just love these love this vibe so much I'm so happy I watched it this week I'm glad that was the one I ch- one of the you know the one that I that I chose of the ones I haven't seen um love Ed Harris shaved bald Ed Harris which yeah. you don't really yeah. see I was going to bring that up too yeah. cool never look. seen him do that look yeah like, clean yeah dome and face <laughs> with glasses big yeah. glasses yeah unique look for him it does not usually look like that um, and then Wilford Brimley oh yeah of course yeah and now, right. you, now you guys have the context for the scene you know the scene that we covered on the tournament right, yes, right. Like, yeah in the car and I'm happy that in the tournament we saw the last minute didn't reveal anything right i told it, you that yeah. i was like actually Thank it doesn't God. really like give it away yeah unlike interview the yeah. vampire which revealed everything like yeah but dave <laughs> you're fact, right like, i ter- thought go ahead she had a, a straight up affair with gene hackman right right and it did so i was expecting that to happen for most of the movie i was like when is that going to happen and it doesn't it doesn't happen right really the way you I thought it would. Right. Well, that's the thing is like he had, but he still has this way of like, you you should be like, well, like, why would you not like, you know, you know, the meme of like you versus the guy, you know, that you should worry about like that meme, like Gene Hackman is not the guy you shouldn't trust, but he always somehow is like, he didn't steal her, but like, he's still charming. Like he's (laughs) all the stuff on the island. I love, like Um, he didn't steal her and she didn't want to be with him. Right. But there's still something there. Yeah. No, I. It just has so many things that I love. It's just all kind of like compounds in this great, great. Yeah, movie. like in that movie, Tom Cruise is he the smartest human being on earth with the plan he comes up with? Like, just oh, the yeah. level of brilliance of Tom Cruise's plan. It's it's so <laughs> elaborate and insane, and just so smart. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. And um, second time he's a lawyer in a hit movie in, in this the year. same year. year. Yeah, yeah, same same year. Yep, love it. All right, so that's three weeks, uh, the beginning of July. Pretty pretty weird summer movie. Um, and then coming in at the end it's of fun. Ju- it's a uh, fun movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, coming in at the end of July is for one week, poetic justice. Um, while uh, the firm is number one, it's going up against Snow White and the Seven Dwarves re-release. Uh, son-in-law in the line of fire rookie of the year <laughs> weekend at Bernie's two oh. uh, benefit of the doubt free Willy and hocus pocus uh, oh, wow. hocus pocus uh-huh. which has achieved more of a cult classic status now it's like the most watched Halloween movie every year annoyingly it's we could have a whole right. separate episode about how much I fucking hate Hocus Pocus. I would love to have a separate episode about how overrated and bullshit Hocus Pocus is. <laughs> like, it pisses me off the level of popularity of Hocus Pocus. We could save that for another time. Um, yeah. So those are the movies that are coming out while The Firm is number one. So we can move on. Yep. All right. Poetic Justice. Dave, take it away. Uh, 1993 American romantic drama film written and directed by 
John Singleton coming right after the success of Boys and the Hood. It stars Janet Jackson and Tupac Shakur, along with Regina King and Joe Torre. Uh, music by Stanley Clark. Torre with a Y. <laughs> yeah, Torre with a Y, not, <laughs> not the one who's a GM or something. Player, then a coach. Coach, coach for the Yankees, right? Yep. All right, music by Stanley Clark, jazz musician, jazz fusion musician. Uh, budget was 14 million. Box office was 27 million, and uh, Jackson received nominations for the Academy Award and Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song for the number one hit. Again, which we covered on the board bills. Right. And I have not seen it. I've heard of it. I've seen I've seen like a clip or two, but not never seen it. Oh, Michael Rappaport is in there. Oh, Michael Rappaport too. Q Tip and Tone yeah. Loke. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm looking at it. Um, I have not seen Poetic Justice either. Billy Zane as well. <laughs> yeah, Billy. Well, <laughs> Billy Zane yeah. and Billy Zane and Lori <laughs> Petty play the movie like opens on a movie and that they're in. Uh, so they're not like characters in the movie. Um, this movie is so good. I love this movie so much. Damn, uh, I Singleton watch it. is Singleton is great. Um, it, and like Janet and Tupac are like excellent. Like Tupac is really. I I just also recently watched. Um, uh, Juice. Juice. Yes. And so watching like those like watching that and watching Poetic Justice a couple months ago like. He he was really like a legitimately good actor, and and Janet is yeah. really good in this too. Um, it's just a nice story. It's like he Singleton has he has a really good way. It's the same thing with Boys in the Hood. I, I wound up ranking Boys in the Hood at number two for 1991. Uh, that like the scope of everything. Like he has such a he does such a good a job of taking like like a big scope, but not letting you feel like overwhelmed by it, mm-hmm. and and like focusing in on like the the matter at hand where like you have a little bit of context and backstory for each of these people but you don't really need it because as they develop as characters you kind of get more of it like the, like there's a little bit of stage setting in the opening but uh it's it's just really good it's a really good movie i highly recommend it music is good all the performances are good regina king is great in it um she's like their friend but yeah like, like they go on a road trip and like they first they don't like each other um and her name is justice janet in the movie her Uh, name is justice and like okay the movie like throughout the movie like her she's like reading her own poetry like to it and then actually when they go to um there's like a scene where they go uh to like a, a a barbecue and maya angelou is like in the movie so they're like nodding at her poetry obviously Mm. Great, great movie. Great movie. Watch it, Miss uh, Miss Justice. If you're nasty. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's cool. I uh, she started off as a child actress, Janet Jackson. Right. Mm-hmm. Then became a music pop icon, and then returned to some film in the '90s. So that's cool that she's going back to her first, her first uh, love, I guess, which was acting. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah, can't uh, wait to see. I will. I'll definitely put it somewhere on my list. 
yeah, to watch. Yeah, I'd like to watch this eventually. Um, I like the Kendrick Lamar song also. Right. <laughs> yep. Coming in now for the first week of August is Rising Sun. Yes, Rising Sun, a 1993 American crime film co-written and directed by Philip Kaufman, starring R.I.P. Sean Connery, who was also an, an executive producer on the film, as well as uh, starring Wesley Snipes, Harvey Keitel, Tia Carrera, uh, Ray Wise, Steve Buscemi, and uh, one of the big five of the fashion model world, Tatiana Patitz. Uh. Yes, and it's based on a Michael Crichton film, sorry, book, as Brandon pointed out on one of the board bills, uh, also titled Rising Sun. Sorry, also, sorry, he pointed it out on one of the Brandon Bravos. I think it was 1992, maybe? Uh, yeah, I get, yeah, yeah. The book, yeah, 1992. And um, the budget was $40 million and the box office was $107.2 million. Didn't um didn't realize Tia Carrera had um I guess as big of a career in this era than I thought bigger than I thought like if she's, she's in this she's, movie she's in more movies yeah with the Wayne's World the just Wayne's World uh, yeah. True Lies also like she's in a bunch of stuff oh, yeah in, in, in this Showdown in Little Tokyo uh, with Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee oh. um yeah so. <laughs> Uh, I've always wanted to watch this movie because I, I like the whole thing of Michael Crichton adaptations. Like I said, I, I think it's just a funny thing to follow. And then, obviously, the Wesley Snipes of it all. So I watched this yesterday before I realized that Connery had died. So that was kind of bizarre. Um, oh, me and Dave have not seen this. Just Brandon. Right. No, yeah. I've not seen this yet. Yep. Right. Yeah, I, sa- I saved it till last just for time management and then... Uh, so, you know, pretty stupid that I wasn't able to watch Bond, you know, because I had watched this instead. This was my swan song for him. But anyway, um, <laughs> so th- this movie is w- this. This is like similar to what Dave was like. I felt almost you could like copy paste what Dave said about Sliver for about this. Like, it's not great. It's better than I actually thought it was going to be. It, a lot of problematic stuff with like Asian representation and, and appropriation, like all that type of stuff. But there's a lot of Asian like characters, but it's just some of the stuff is just fucked up. But uh I mean it's such a stereotypical Michael Crichton story, like corporate intrigue, like uh similar to what Dave said with uh uh surveillance, like that's like the whole plot of this movie. Everything okay, here's the thing. With Michael Crichton stories, there's always some technological twist you know like jurassic park Mm. it's like making the dinosaurs you know uh disclosure where michael douglas gets assaulted by demi moore like there's like this virtual reality i couldn't figure out what the tech technology thing was in this movie because it's just a woman is murdered in an office building when there's a party of all these rich people downstairs and so and then like wesley snipes is called in he's a cop and then sean connery is like a former cop who has like worked with this company before and for, like, the first, like, half hour, I'm like, all right, so what is, like, the twist? Like, what is the technological twist of this movie? And the whole thing is that, like, the movie that, like, the security tapes were doctored. They basically, like, erased a person and, like, replaced a guy's face in the in the video. So it's all about, like, it's about that. Basically deep fakes, like, type of stuff. Okay. Um, so that's, like, okay. where the plot goes from there. And, uh, 
How's my girl Tatiana Petitz? Um, who was she? I don't remember what she looked like. What the hell? Uh, she's one of the big five, man. <laughs> oh, I think maybe she was the girl. Was she the girl that got murdered? How could you not Her name remember? is Cheryl Lynn Austin. That's her character's name. Yes, yeah, she is the one that gets murdered. Okay. Oh. So she's not really in it too much. Okay. How could you not remember one of the big five? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah. Harvey, I didn't know Cartel was in it, and he's always like a welcome presence. I mean, he didn't really have anything interesting to do, but he's just hanging out there. <laughs> why? Uh, why is it called Rising Sun? Because of the Asian companies. Like it's oh. like that's the Rising Sun okay. is like I think that's isn't that like what their flag is called? I think is that like that's like the. I don't know. I know there's a song, House of the Rising Sun. (laughs) It's cool that they had two... (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) I was going to say, it's cool they had, like, two, like, um, uh, non-white character uh, actors portraying the two main roles. Right. (laughs) Wesley Snipes is um, African-American and Sean Connery is Egyptian. As we learned in Highlander. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's like Egyptian, Spanish, like... Spanish-Egyptian yeah. oh, guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we can move on from that. I'm glad I saw it. And, oh, yeah, and second Crichton of the year. Second Crichton, second Crichton story turned yeah. into a film mm-hmm. yeah. of the year. But it's not... Re- so I, I guess cool. my thought was when I, you know, I thought this was going to be the, the beginning of Snipes' action thing, and there, it, that does happen this year, but it's really not an action movie. It's like a thriller. Okay. Okay. A corporate crime thriller. Um, Got it. <laughs> and he doesn't really have anything interesting to do either. It's just kind of like a procedural thing. Um, what about so, the paperwork, though? Not too much paperwork. Okay. But I do like the old school computers and like the zooming in and the like erasing, like, you know, they do all that like, like <laughs> yeah. futuristic stuff. Like I like that. Um, so anyway, Dan, do you want to say your crap before we move on? Yeah. With my, with Danny's crap section, uh, <laughs> rising sun is up against. So I married an ax murderer. Great movie. Oh yeah. Love that movie. That's good. And, uh, Tom and Jerry, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> is that live action? <laughs> oh, it's coming, if not. I'm sure it's coming. Um, but yeah, so um, we can move on to the real reason we decided to pick this year for the movie year. <laughs> oh, yeah. The forever <laughs> referenced, ingrained in DBP lawyer. Uh, lawyer. La- <laughs> lawyer. Lawyer and lore. <laughs> yeah, so this is, I guess, will wind up being the, the, num- the biggest number one hit of the year in terms of weeks. This goes six yeah. weeks, and it is The Fugitive. The Fugitive is a 1993 American action thriller film based on the 1960s television series of the same name, originally created by Roy Huggins. This movie was directed by Andrew Davis, um, stars Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones, Celia Ward, Joe Pantaleona, Joey Pants, basically, yeah. Uh, Cinematography by Michael Chapman, and the budget was 44 million, and the box office was 368.9 million. Wow, big steal! It um it broke Unforgiven's record for the highest weekend debut in the month of August. Oh, cool! And (laughs) 
and Star Trek Six's record, the und- the undiscovered country, was the name of Star Trek Six record for the highest weekend debut for a film based on a television show. Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, speaking of Star Trek: The Undiscovered Country, I have now discovered that movie as being better than I said seven out of the or nine out of the eleven Star Wars movies. It's really, really good. Star Trek Six in particular. Interesting. It's I've so only good. heard okay. I've only heard people talk about Wrath of Khan. I, I Which don't know, is good. Uh, it's really good. But yeah. this one is like I was I love this movie now. Anyway. So Dave, you saw this for the first time just now, right? Not true. I've seen it as a child. Oh, okay. But I rewatched it the other night. Gotcha. I'm interested to see where this goes because I don't know where I mean I know where I, I'm pretty sure I know where Dan lies on this, so Yeah, what do you guys say? Well I mean First, forever reference on the show, I didn't kill my wife. Yeah. I didn't kill my wife. I yeah. didn't kill my wife. I don't care. I, I, I don't, don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw this for, I've only seen this one time, honestly. I saw, oh. I, I saw this uh, for like that brief two-month window where I lived in Seaside a couple of years ago. Um, oh. And that's the only time I've seen it. So like, I don't, I, I like the movie, but I, I I guess maybe I just don't have that kind of uh, attachment as well. Where like I know a lot of people saw this movie a lot, um, right? But it was I, on TV a lot. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I never. It's one of those, on TV a lot. I don't think I saw it. the whole thing from start to finish until more recently, like within the last few years. But like I remember watching it quite a bit as a kid. It was on a lot. Um, another big line is uh, Tommy Lee Jones going, "I don't bargain." He whispers, right. "Like yeah, I don't bargain." The second "I don't" line, yeah. "I don't bargain." Yeah. Yeah. Um, just it's peak. It's Tommy that character that Tommy Lee Jones does so well, just being in yeah. charge and like, all right, we're gonna set up the perimeter and we're gonna get me up, you know, like just like <laughs> just so good at that. Um, and uh, wrongfully accused is the Leslie Nielsen uh, parody movie of this, which is very uh-huh. silly and funny. Uh-huh. Um, really enjoyable. Um, also, I think the premise of like a one armed guy. I think it's a part of the TV show also. Yes, I think there was I, a I one-armed yeah, man I in the TV is. show. Yeah. Um, it's really enjoyable. I mean, I love this movie. I, I, just great thriller, start to finish, action-packed. Tough not to love Harrison Ford. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's on the run. He's got wrongfully accused. He's screwed. But he, uh, he, figures, he figures out how to save himself. Yeah. When I was watching it, this is what I will say is my ultimate take about this movie is that every time Tommy Lee Jones was on, was on the the screen, I was obsessed with the movie. And every time that Harrison Ford was on it, I was like, I don't like this as much <laughs> Tommy. Like, cause I feel like it would have been sicker. I, as I was watching this movie, I'm, I'm thinking this movie is pretty solid, but if it, if they just went full in and cast Arnold instead of Harrison Ford, this movie would be like 10 times more fun to watch. <laughs> wow. Um, I like that take a lot. That's Harrison a Ford is not, I don't, I didn't really care about him in this, as this character. Like it's convincing. He's very convincing as a doctor who cares a lot about his wife, but to see him running is not like that captivating, but to see Tommy Lee Jones do anything is, is very captivating. So it was, I almost felt like it was like two different directors, working on this movie, the Tommy Lee Jones scenes and then the, the the lesser Harrison Ford scenes. I like that take because I think it 
kind of lends itself to my theory that I was thinking in terms of like this this movie fits in the director's filmography more on that Tommy Lee John, jo, Tommy Lee Jones side of things. Like the movie he did before this was Under Siege with Seagal. Oh, really? And like, have you seen that? I have not. I've heard about it. I've seen, I think I've seen it a long time ago, but it's like it's pretty absurd, right? It's insane. And in that movie, Tommy Lee Jones is the bad guy, and he like <laughs> he comes onto the boat as like he's he he's on the boat in disguise as a lead singer of a rock and roll like blues band, <laughs> and he is a <laughs> maniac. Like he's an absolute maniac in that movie, and yeah. like that movie is absurd. And like yeah, like I think that like this movie fits more. Like you think of it as like a more like prestigious like kind of like Harrison Fordy movie, but thinking of it in terms of what the director has also done it fits more into that like because like he this guy was like working like he also did another Seagal movie above the law he did code of silence with chuck norris like that's what this guy's oh really bag i didn't is. know that it's not more like like prestigious drama thrillers it's like more like trashier stuff and i do so like i think and so i think like him and tommy lee jones are just on the same page and so that makes a lot of sense with you having those yeah. thoughts coming away from it I don't. Th I mean, that's interesting that Tommy Lee Jones is in in that movie because I, I wouldn't say his his. I wouldn't say his his scenes were like trashy. They they definitely no. felt like a prestigious prestigious um, thriller, but they just were more fun. His his characters is so much is so entertaining, and he just right. plays it so well. Yeah, um, that. I was obsessed with his character. And then he makes a movie that's based on this character, right? After, yeah, like, U.S. Uh, Marshals. U.S. Marshals. I was going to say, West. Dave, you'd, if you like him, you'd probably like that one more because it's just called U.S. Marshals. It's about yeah. Like, and it, yeah. I'm Wesley definitely going to watch that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely going to watch that. Have you focused on Wesley Snipes, but it's it's more about him and, than them. And Al Robert, Down and Robert Downey Jr. Cool. is great in that movie, too. <laughs> and U.S. Marshals. It's cool because like it, the story like is also a little bit like Tommy Lee Jones learning. He learns how to care throughout the movie because he says that famous line pretty pretty early on when he first meets up with Harrison Ford in the sewer. Yeah, he says, "I don't care." Right, and then <laughs> and a little bit later on, Harrison he he he's like solve he solves the mystery and re re realizes that Harrison Ford is telling the truth that he didn't kill his wife. Yeah. Right, and then he um, he takes the handcuffs off of Harrison Ford at the end of the movie, and says, "No, wait, no." Harrison Ford says, "I thought you didn't care," and then Tommy Lee Jones says, "I don't care. Just don't <laughs> tell anybody." Or so, I forget what he says, but anyway, he does care basically, but he just doesn't want to let on that he cares because he's a cool U.S. Marshal guy, right? But yeah, he learns to care a little bit more about the people in the job. He's less like just like going, doing the work. Right. He's starting to care about the work a little bit more. And that's really what the evolution of the film is. Like in terms of the character growth, that's the biggest character growth. It's Tommy Lee. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely rewatch it in my 1993 stuff, but. It would have um, been good for like an older Tom Cruise. Yeah, I would have liked to have Tom. Even <laughs> yeah. his age, Tom Cruise. Why does he have to be old? Because he's like a doctor. It's a doctor thing. Like, I guess he's respected. Yeah, the, the whole the, that's what I'm saying. The character is like this. 
It should have been Arnold. This doctor <laughs> should have been Arnold. I don't know. I don't think I agree with that for this movie. Just Arnold running? No. Yeah. Arnold fights and gets in people's face. Like you need somebody who's running away. That's why. That's was a good runner. Tom Cruise. Runner. That's why I said Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise runner, He's the best. Yeah. He's the best runner. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he would have been perfect. Oh, but you should have waited a couple of years until <laughs> wait, wait, until he was like doing the um. It was like the old look he did in that movie. Wait, interview with the vampire. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> you like remember like his like he had like a little bit of a like a oh respected comeback. Born on the Fourth of July was like his. No, old... no, two thousands. When he looked older. Oh, he collateral? has like an older look, uh, like makeup wise. Collateral, maybe collateral. Collateral, yeah. He should have done the collateral look. Look. In 1993 for The Fugitive. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been, that been the perfect movie. That would have been sick. <laughs> yeah. Right, I like let's... Harrison Ford, by the way, but I, I just didn't care about him in this role. Sometimes he's sleepy. Yeah, he was a little sleepy. He can be sleepy. He's just, I don't want to see him running, basically. It, it, you know? Right. Fair. Um, all right. Uh, we so listen. This was number one for a while. I got a lot of movies that came out that didn't that didn't. Do take you guys want to keep going? We're almost like we have. <laughs> I know Jesus. it's so long. This might have to be a two parter. <laughs> we still have twelve. Yeah. We still have like eleven more movies. Oh my god. We'll just edit. We don't even need to sign out. I'll just stop recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. I am recording right. too now. I am stopping recording now. <laughs>